Jenny Pick on Turn Up The Night. Who sent you? Papa Elf. Papa Elf? From the North Pole. From the North Pole? Well, we know what to get you for Christmas. A double lobotomy and ten rolls of rubber wallpaper. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? This is such a magical Christmas adventure, you guys. This just in. Santa Claus is dead. Holy zombie Jesus. This thing looked like the, the Manson family Christmas special. Well, it's a little late to get this kind of feedback. And welcome to the Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick Christmas Day Special. We're so glad you can join us on this very happy day for everyone. And uh, we have a very special guest, first time on the show with us right now. My friend from Twitter, Don DeBear at T4Boo-Boo, also a regular contributor on the Tim Caramel Show. Well, he's decided to come on down and talk shop in the kitchen with us. And Don, thanks so much for being with us on the program. Well, thanks for having me very much, Kenny. Uh, and I don't know how special a guest, but uh, I've got a, a bit of cooking experience, so hopefully I can provide some ideas for people here. Well, I think this is going to be a little bit, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun because it's a little different than what we typically do with Cooking Talk, where we focus mostly on what everybody's making for dinner. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of that, but we're also going to talk about um, a couple maybe less common items to use to cook in the kitchen, which is kind of exciting to me because these are two items that I know very little about and I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, but now Don, um, do you want to tell any, uh, everybody else, any, anything else about yourself before we, uh, get into this? Oh, okay. Well, uh, there's not too much excitement uh, here, but, uh, just as I, like I say on Tim's uh, show, um, I'm only on uh, on Twitter in terms of social media because I just have always been suspicious of Facebook. So I can be found at T for Boo Boo, and Boo Boo was my my late wife's nickname from our cat Bart. Uh, and so the name is Barty Bear, and it confuses the hell out of everybody, including like the Stephanie Miller show that refer to me that way half the time whenever they're on <laughs> a rare occasion they do. Um, but my name is actually Don, and. Uh, I am a retired engineer, uh, live out in San Jose, and uh, I've always been somewhat active in politics, and, and I actually loved all of the shows in the, in the pre-Trump times when there was a lot more humor involved, but uh, so hoping to ride it out and get back to that point again. So that's, uh, other than that, nothing too particularly exciting, just uh, living out here in the uh, in the wonderful Bay Area, and we actually got a little bit of rain, so it finally knocked out all the horrible fires completely. And no, that's good. Hopefully, people will be able to recover from all that. So, yeah, uh, but you know what? But what you know what? We are going to have fun here, even in the era of Trump, because, like I said, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna talk talk a little little shop about the kitchen. But uh, before we get into the gadget talk, uh, you know, this is the the holiday season, uh, as everyone knows. And um, I just kind of want to ask, what what was something in, uh, you celebrated Hanukkah as a child, right? Yeah, I don't know if it goes so far as to say celebrated. You know, we, you know we're, we're, we're never super religious, but, uh, you know, we did the little little menorah and occasionally got like a little Christmas bush thing to mm -hmm. just to sort of fit in with the neighborhood, you know, and everything. But uh, but everybody just was really easygoing back then. And, yeah. uh, and so it, it was the maybe get a bag of the little gilt coins and some socks and that kind of, you know, the stereotypical kind of jokey presents, you know, yeah. so 
just to have something to make everybody feel jealous because they were had to wait until Christmas Day. And you know, sometimes <laughs> since Hanukkah can start really early, sometimes you know, like like it did this year. You know, the uh, it's like, oh, how come you get so many gifts? It's like, believe me, these are not that exciting. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't take much when you're a kid to get excited about, you know, getting a gift. Um, but was there is there a staple item, a staple food item that uh, you always look forward to around this uh, this time of year? Yeah, well, um, my mom was a, was a really good cook, although she didn't really like cooking that much. Mm-hmm. But one of my you know the favorite dishes she used to make um, was uh, was um, beef stroganoff, which I've oh. always loved and. And we, I won't go into that because I don't have all the recipe with me this time, but I actually figured out a trick to make it a lot easier because I remember her, you know, working efficiently, but it took a long time to do. Um, and I think I've f- figured out what the real secret is, which is basically to make the sauce in advance, which you can actually keep in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and then to use, and then to be like really sneaky and use something like shabu shabu sliced beef, you know, from an Asian market. Uh, to to do the to to brown beef up really quickly and have it be tender yet like a little bit crispy and and then you do the onions and mushrooms and anything else you happen to like and then just sort of blast it together with the sauce and top some you know top it on egg noodles and that was always sort of a holiday ish kind of thing and then the uh, the thing we used to always bring that I would help my mom with you know when I was younger and this is in the seventies uh, to the, all the parties in the neighborhood were her famous butter cookies. Oh, my. And not that she invented the recipe. In fact, Mm -hmm. she found it out of the L.A. Times sometime in the late-ish 60s, I think. Okay. And she would make them for people, and everybody would just go nuts. And she would say, well, just remind me, I'll give you the recipe. Well, this went on for a couple years. Nobody ever bothered to ask her for the recipe. And then I think... A couple of years went by, and then, you know, of course, she would bring them to the parties, and then she just kind of got fed up with it. So people started asking for the recipe. It then became our family secret recipe, and she never <laughs> gave it. She never gave it to a soul. I was I, be the only one. Now, I guess if you go back and look at the L.A. Times food section from the 60s, you can find it. But it's like it's like, okay, you people, you had your chance and you blew it. So now it's my secret family recipe. I love it. I love it. So, well, all right. Very cool. So, and man, beef stroganoff. Oh, that's it. You're speaking. Oh, I know there. That's good stuff. I know that's a good good way to put on weight really fast. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, you know, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump into, uh, your world in the kitchen right now. And, and, uh, uh, we, we discussed this a while back, um, uh, but you had talked about, uh, sous vide, um, cooking and, um, this is something, um, I, I've only talked to one other person who is, uh, invested in the machine and, uh, you know, the, the vacuum pack, uh, thing and done this kind of cooking. And it was, it's my, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, George. And, um, he said it's really great, but some, you have to be really careful. Cause he said he and his wife one time made lemon chicken or in, and they put lemon in the bag, lemon juice with it. And they did the vacuum pack, but they said it uh-huh. almost became too much lemon. But I, I but I'm curious, you know, yeah. that, you know, so, so it sounds like it's kind of a tricky thing, but it sounds like you've had a lot of success, uh, by cooking. Yeah. It's. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a relatively new convert. I mean, it's been around forever, and it's that little secret for a lot of these steakhouses, you know, that that pe- they never tell anybody about. Is yeah, probably wonder how do they get like a four inch cut of meat to be perfectly uniform all the way through? Well, mm-hmm. it's either got to be completely raw, completely burnt to a crisp, or they use sous vide to some degree, you know, as part of the process. So it's um, it's like really good for engineers. Essentially, you know, so it's it's like if once you figure out the 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 basically the time and the temperature and the beautiful thing about sous vide is that you've got actually a pretty good temperature window depending on what you're cooking, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be perfect there. It's the temperature and then of course the seasoning mix and like any good recipe, right? You have to have a good seasoning, otherwise it could be over seasoned, over salted, or really bland. And it sounds like the the lemon chicken, yeah, the citrus you know can be overpowering i love it but i typically i only use it at like the last minute you know when yeah. you can kind of taste it as you're going so so they didn't have a catastrophe they just ended up with a recipe that wasn't very good mm-hmm. so i mean with so for people that aren't familiar with a sous vide it's basically almost everybody's seen an aquarium before a sous vide is really just like a very fancy aquarium heater uh, typically, instead of glass, they're made out of stainless steel, and they are basically immersion heaters with a little propeller in it to stir the water around. And you essentially clip them or drop the, or not drop them into, but place them into either <laughs> any any old pot that you have. Although it's actually better to use like a polycarbonate serving, uh, uh, not dish, you know, like a like a like one of those big square, almost box like things for storage because okay. it doesn't radiate as fast as metal does and so you don't use as much energy to keep the, the keep the thing warm but either way works so anybody with any old pot can can do this no problem and essentially it's beautiful for doing meats uh it's doing uh that are somewhat forgiving but you know like if you like a steak medium rare and you want it to be medium rare all the way through. Sous vide is the ideal thing because all you have to do is figure out what temperature. And there's plenty of recipes that you can use to start. It mm-hmm. requires a little experimenting. But once you find that temperature, whatever that temperature happens to be that gets the meat like you like it, as long as your machine doesn't break, it will come out that way every single time you do it from now till the end of time. Right. And the time window dep- is dependent on how big a piece of meat is, yeah. you know, so you could do, you could do, uh, uh, you know, like a, an individual steak that's say cut one inch or a whole roast that's maybe six or eight inches. Of course, you're going to need a longer time period for the heat to essentially radiate all the way through the meat. But mm-hmm. once it gets all the way through and it's attained that temperature, it's done and it will no longer change. It's just now you have the end of your window where if you leave it in there way too long, it starts to soften up the proteins. It yeah. won't overcook it, but it'll just fall apart. And I'm, but we're talking in some cases like if you want, might want to do that on purpose, that um, could be six hours versus maybe doing something for, for anywhere from two and a half to three hours where you have, it comes out essentially the same either way. So it's a it's a wonderful technique. You do have to have either a vacuum sealer, which is my preferred method, or you can actually use Ziploc bags and essentially you you slowly start zipping them. You leave a little bit of air open or space open, and then you submerge it in water, and the water pressure slowly pushes the rest of the uh, air out of the bag. Oh, okay, that's smart. And then you can you can do it. Yeah, you have to be careful as you're pushing it down not to get any water from the bath into sure. the bag, which is you know, but. 
it doesn't have to be completely air free. In fact, one of the safety things is, and I, I actually asked, uh, do you have Trader Joe's in your neck of the woods? Yeah, we sure do. Oh, okay. Well, is that, Trader Joe's has a lot of like prepackaged things in plastic. And because when yes. you're doing sous vide, you're, you're, it's way under boiling temperature. And there, I actually checked with one of their managers. They said it's all BPA-free, perfectly safe plastic. But because they're vacuum sealed, you have to be careful that there isn't any anaerobic bacteria that you could cause oh, severe, you know, harm, you know, to people if you've heated that up. So that so they actually checked for me, called their main office, and they said, oh yeah, you can use this in sous vide, but you have to essentially pop a little tiny hole in it, let some air in there, and then reseal it. Interesting. So you, yeah, it's 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 a, it, I, I thought about that and goes okay, that makes perfect sense. I was trying to think about a workaround without having to vacuum seal something, but you mm-hmm. know, from a safety perspective, that's really important. So, uh, again, it's just you know, it's doing a few experiments, and you can do it with small little things like when you're testing, like if you how you want your steak done, you can take a steak and cut it up into into pieces, bag them separately, and try different temperatures. Find the one you like, and you know, in one piece of meat, basically figure out what you're going to do from now till the end of time and if you have a friend coming over that likes it slightly more done then you can do theirs a few degrees hotter and it's just wonderful you take them out of the bag the only real issue is the surface look they tend to look kind of blah you know like yeah. gray because <laughs> you're not really boiling it but it has that sort of unpleasant appearance tastes great you can eat them just like it but you can do all you need to do to make it look really pretty is get a hot pan throw a little bit of butter in there pat dry let's say your steak that you've just finished and then Mm -hmm. put it in there literally for seconds to to get a crust on it and serve it right away now that that was actually what i was going to ask because i think well when you mentioned the steakhouses um i i imagine that that was probably the the way to finish one off so so that yeah or one of those what do they call it a salamander where they can put it at a thousand degrees or whatever and then just Mm -hmm. basically burn <laughs> yeah <laughs> most people don't have one of those in their homes so. no no uh-uh. um but, but you, uh, don't, you don't even need to do it though it, it, like i said it's not pretty but it, it yeah. tastes great oh i know? bet but you know and but you gotta love a little bit of that caramelization on the outside that really just oh you know, yeah sure that's that that has the essence of the beef in there especially if it has butter yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. now i got i have to ask you what are your favorite things to to cook uh sous vide well, especially when it gets to the point where it's not so great outside to fire up the barbecue, I do mm-hmm. steaks once in a while, especially since it's just for me that, you know, then I like shop at Costco and they have wonderful meat, but there's always too much. So you can split apart like a multi-pack, put some seasoning on it, like a marinade or just mm-hmm. something simple like salt and pepper, you know, bag it, throw it in the refrigerator, and then you can cook it. You can even freeze it. And you mm-hmm. can cook it from the frozen state. And I haven't done that a lot, but it comes out almost negligibly different. It almost seems exact, almost the same as if okay. you just in there fresh. So um, it works great with steaks. It works really well with um, chicken and pork as well. Um, and the interesting thing is, and this is the one thing that people kind of have to get used to, is that like with pork, all you have to do to be safe is to cook past the pasteurization temperature, which is typically like around 140. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then the time is based on how long it, it's at that temperature. And since you've got this big, huge window with the sous vide, you can easily pasteurize it and be perfectly safe. So you can cook pork and have it come out pink. And yeah. it is beautiful texture, tastes great, you know, depending on your recipe. Um, and then, uh, um, but it could freak people out a little bit because, you know, everybody still remembers, even though it's not very common, trichinosis and, sure. oh, you can't eat pork pink. And and the the one thing that's even a little weirder is with with poultry, you know, chicken and turkey, you can cook it to the point where the texture is so soft, it's perfectly safe again, but it's gross, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want to eat it because yeah. <laughs> you're so used to that. That 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 what you would you know somebody who would eat a medium rare steak would never eat a medium rare chicken. Yeah, oh, exactly. Now I, I have to I, I have to wonder the pinkness of of uh, you know and the colorization of the meat is is that because you're removing a, a certain part of oxidization from the uh, the process it, it, as to why it remains the color that it is. No, I, I think it's probably the reverse. I, you know what I mean? You know, of course, the caramelization, right? You're not doing a Maillard reaction in the middle of a piece of meat because it's really not hot enough unless okay. you're making charcoal briquettes out of it. Um, is you know, you, like a pork loin is a perfect example. That that one's easy to 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 you just trim off a little bit of the silver skin stuff, dry it off, marinate it, bag it. But you know how even a loin, which is you know they say pork's the other white meat. Mm -hmm. It's still really pink. Yeah. So the more you cook it, the whiter it gets. Well, if you don't overcook it, which you don't have to anymore, it's still a little bit pink. So it looks oh, like um, it looks like a, a medium to maybe uh, not quite medium well steak. You know that light sure. pink color, but the texture is just it's it's like firm but yet you know, melt you, you know it's not uh, it's not uh, al dente <laughs> yeah <laughs> just oh no no I, yeah it's marble yeah yeah i've i've so, been a fan so of making uh pork tenderloins in the crock pot uh in the past and i've had really magnificent results with that but this this sounds uh this sounds really compelling now what about seafood uh are, are, are you a fan of seafood do you have you made seafood? oh yeah there? absolutely yeah it's it's marvelous for fish because, you know, fish, one, you have a tendency to overcook it, you yeah. know, and, and uh, so same thing. Like I said, once you figure out the doneness that you like, then you, you, once you're, that's it, you're right? You write it down somewhere and you pull out your recipe and then you season it. And it's the, the biggest trick after that, getting the doneness is just coming up with seasoning that you like. Yeah. You don't want to use something like gritty because it stays in the bag with it. And then you don't want to be eating a gritty paste like stuff. So mm -hmm. dry rubs work well, or like a teriyaki sauce, something that will, you know, you don't want to yeah. like with fish seafood, you don't want too much salt or it'll start to change the protein. But um, it works great with like a big chunk of salmon. It works great. Uh, one of my favorite things is, again, Costco used to go backpacking with my dad up in the high Sierras. So having fresh trout was a big favorite. Uh, Costco has a pretty good and very cheap, you know, uh, like a trout, you know, it's all farm raised now, but yeah. like a package of trout you know, multiple days worth. And so all you have to do is just you know, rinse it off. You don't have to descale them. You just lop off the head and the and the tail and the fins, and and season it with not too much salt. Bag it and then and it's great. And then you can just literally like zipper out the bones from the middle. Oh wow! And just serve, you know, 
Um, and again, you could throw it in a pan really quickly if you want to get a little bit of browning on it, but it's not really necessary and the skin is even edible. That so sounds great. Uh, it works great. Uh, touchy things like shrimp, you know how easy it is to turn shrimp into rubber. Yeah, um, eras- pencil erasers. Yeah, shrimp and lobster, one of the easiest, again, you know, just have to be careful with the amount of salt that you bag it with, unless you're going to, like, cook it immediately and serve it immediately. Like a, like a little lobster tail, if you just sort of split it, and then, uh, you know, rinse it off, split it, dry it, put a little bit of, like, uh, smashed garlic and, and melted butter and uh, a little touch of salt, pour it on it, throw it in the bag. You just got to make sure there isn't anything sharp on the shell that's going to poke through the true, bag when you vacuum. True, true. <laughs> which, De-weaponize which the lobster. Exactly. So it's just that's how I uh, that's how I learned. You know, I it was like, why is the air going back into the bag again? <laughs> but I mean, it takes it takes like thirty minutes. You know, and and it's perfect. You know, and again, it, no potential chance of overcooking it, which is the beauty of it. Yeah. So, and then you can always throw it in pasta or do whatever you want, slice it and just have it on, a, as is, you know. Oh, so that sounds great. That. You yeah. can do vegetables. Uh, meatballs work really good, except for they're no longer balls. You end up basically yeah. with cute. <laughs> True, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. Makes great Italian meatballs. I've made uh, meatballs for albondigas soup, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and you can make them and then throw them in the refrigerator and then just cut, you know, strip the bag that this is where the Ziploc bag comes in. You just sort of make it throw all the mix in the Ziploc bag. And then, and then once you've refrigerated it, you, after you've cooked it, you just slice it up with a knife Mm -hmm. after, you know, cutting the outside of the bag off and then you can plop it in the soup and, you know, and, and have them whenever you want. So what if, what if you, what if you froze the meatballs and then vacuum sealed them? That would work. Yeah. Yeah. You could, if they were hard enough, they would it would probably not compress them too much even as they warmed up mm-hmm. so yeah that would work i'm i for me i don't i'm not really concerned about the exact you know shape of the food in fact yes. it's kind of a funny thing to have a <laughs> have a a, a a floating cube in your soup you know as opposed oh, to a yeah, ball <laughs> th- that is true that is true that would be cool so uh well no this is this is very nice uh, 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 because uh you know again I'm always looking for new techniques and you know this I, I think you might have me sold on getting a vacuum sealer and uh what brand of uh sous vide uh uh what, what exactly do you call it is a heat a warmer yeah, it's a, it's, cooker yeah it's a sous vide well there are two styles there's one that's a sous vide that's essentially like a stick you know so it does look a lot like a like an aquarium heater, just much beefier, oh, and then yeah, some yeah. kind of clamp that you can you can clamp to the outside of a pot or or a container. Um, and the company I've got that was recommended to me is is Anova, A N O V A, and it's great. And they're they're I think they're like they have different versions. One's got a little bit more power, so it just depends on what you're going to be making. They were like a little over a hundred, like a hundred twenty five or something like that. They may have dropped mm-hmm. since then. I don't know. They make big fancy ones with the system built in. It's like that's I would never do that because it's just more difficult to clean with this thing. You know, technically, unless one of your bag leaks, it's it's sitting in fresh water. So if you've got some hardness in your water, it's good to rinse it off and dry it so that you don't end up with a bunch of hard water on stains. It's not going to hurt anything, yeah, yeah. unless it's for a long period of time. But it's a lot easier to clean out, just, you know, slip the thing out, dry it off, you know, put it away. It'll fit in a drawer because mm-hmm. it's maybe, 
few inches in diameter and maybe a less than a, a foot long or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and then, like I said, you can use any old pot, although, like I said, the polycarbonate makes it hold the heat a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that's the, and, and the vacuum sealer, what I forgot what the brand is, but it's probably the same one everybody's seen, you know, yeah. Costco sheets and, and, uh, but, um, well, that, yeah, that's, it's mar- yeah. It, yeah, if you if you don't want to make the, I mean, the vacuum sealer is great. Just like if you, you you had mentioned, you have a big freezer. It's better to do it that way than to put it in Ziploc bags. Yeah, you know, they'll last longer. So so that's a good investment anyway. Yeah. You know, oh so, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because you know, I have uh, I still have meat from uh, I have venison that a friend of mine gave me last year that is vacuum sealed and in the fridge or in the freezer rather in the fridge that'd be a nightmare uh yeah uh, i wouldn't eat that yeah no no Uh, (laughs) it's green is that is that normal uh so uh green and gray um but uh i'll eat it on saint patrick's day uh no uh but (laughs) yeah and and you know it hasn't changed it hasn't changed i actually we had some some um Oh, Susan's folks, uh, when we cleaned out their freezer, they belonged to like Omaha steaks and we took, we took, (laughs) we took steaks out of their freezer. We didn't know how old they were, but they were vacuum sealed. And I took them, I took them home and I thawed them out and I cooked them and they were great. So the vacuum seal, you know, is uh, I think I'm going to have to invest in one of those. I, I'm, I'm going, no, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to invest in one of those. So yeah, it would, they're, it would they're only... not that expensive and the prices have no. come down. And then, so there's, you, so you hit it, the perfect thing, the Omaha steaks, those are vacuum sealed. So you would never put one of those directly into sous vide one that wouldn't have any seasoning, but yeah. you don't know if it's, if it's truly got uh, in, under vacuum, then it could have anaerobic bacteria that could be really, really dangerous. So, See, so you, again, this you, what is you why do it's is, good to talk to engineers about cooking too. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, so I do have everything. I, the recipe that I have that I'm more than willing to share because I actually modified it from an America's test kitchen recipe. Okay. Is all in weight, and I don't okay. give anybody. You, know, you might hear what do you want, Snowball? Sorry. <laughs> oh no! Hi, Snowball. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. He's he's just meandering in. Eleanor's sound asleep in front of me. Um, but uh, yeah, so you could, but you could just like I said, punch a quick little hole in it, and then put it in another bag and vacuum seal it again. But mm-hmm. you're, of course, you're going to want to season it. You know, the the reason I asked Trader Joe's was because they have some really n- nice pre-seasoned things. And I yeah. thought, oh, I could just be lazy, but that's that's you know lazy and dangerous, so <laughs> that's no good. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, so uh, sorry about that. I had to lean back here and grab something. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, it sounded like you were drifting. Far away, Ken. It's far away, Ken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but you you say, uh, did you want to share a recipe real quick? Uh, in in. Uh, oh, well, 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 do, well, I'll do the cookie recipe at the end. That way, uh, oh, the cookie. You know, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, yeah. Well, okay. For a fat, like a fast recipe here for like the sous vide. I did with the. Of course, I'm now. I knew I wrote wrote it right in front of me, and now I don't know what the heck I did. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, here it is. No, the uh, like like to do a pork loin, like a small, yeah. you know, the, the the a small like two pound pork loin, um, 120 minutes. At, at like 147 degrees, 
puts it in the, I guess you would say, sort of medium range, if you were u- using steak as a reference, or slightly on the way to medium well. Um, and I just basically use a dry rub, so essentially just strip the silver skin off of it, mm-hmm. and the dry rub, and this is all in parts, so it's one part salt, one part pepper, two parts oregano, two parts pars- or one part parsley, one part cumin, two parts garlic powder, one part smoked paprika, and one part chili California, or any kind of mild chili, just to kind of give it a mm. some oomph. And then just dr- dry rub it, put it in the bag. Uh, you can do it right away, or you can throw it in the refrigerator and let it sit overnight. It, I don't think, that because it doesn't have too much salt, and it's a meat, you know, a heavier meat, that you could probably leave it in the refrigerator for days, but I think it probably, yeah. you know, after a while, doesn't do much more. And like I said, 120 minutes at 147 degrees. And I know people do it differently. I like to, you know, get the bath to that temperature. Then I put the, you know, have the, the food out from the refrigerator in for a little while. So it's not completely cold. And I put the, the, the food in the bag, make sure it stays submerged. So it's good to have some like stainless steel things like spoons and stuff to weight things down. Cause if there's a little bit of air, it wants to float. Um, and then uh, and then wait until it hits the temperature again, then start the timer on it. So that that way it's guaranteed an X amount of time in that actual temperature window. And uh, it, it comes out great. And like I said, it works great if you throw it on the bar- screaming hot barbecue literally for a few seconds or a, or a, or a hot pan, you know, like yeah. a cast iron, cast something iron, with yeah. some butter. And, what, and you don't even need to do that, but mm-hmm. that, that works out great. And if you, the want other pretty, way, if you want to pretty it up, you know, you can do that. Well, or the other option is, and I tried, I've got a really nice family-run barbecue place across the street from me, and they make really good barbecue sauce. And so the, what I do is they'll take some of the spicy barbecue sauce and heat it up in the microwave, and then just slice the, the pork loin without doing anything externally, and just throw it in the barbecue sauce. And oh, then yeah. you can make sandwiches, you can eat you know, throw in some onions if you want, whatever. So that way you don't have to make it look pretty if you don't want to. Sure, sure. So um, that, and that works really good. You know, uh, we actually, this conversation is, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this, don't get me wrong. The, the conversation is going <laughs> on a little bit longer than I anticipated, but you know what? This is the first thing I've done for our Christmas special, so I get to call the shot. So I was thinking, why don't we take a break right now, Don, and then when we come back, We'll continue the conversation and uh, start talking about uh, another, uh, I guess, uh, 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 a new kitchen gadget that's gaining popularity around the country right now. Yeah, too. A, a new, a new old kitchen gadget. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A, a twist on a classic, a modern twist there on a classic. So, <laughs> yeah, that, so sounds, that, that sounds good. All right, very good. Well, everybody, uh, hang tight. We'll be right back with lots more of this Christmas Day edition of Turn Up the Night. With me and Don DeBear right after this. Hi, this is Tim. And this is Joe. And we want to wish all of you the happiest of holidays from the Tim Cormall Show. And from IndieMediaWeekly.com. And an important safety tip. Drink responsibly and under no circumstances allow Ted Cruz to drive you home. Because we wouldn't want any of you to be found in the clown car this holiday season.
Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santos, a co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. This is Joey KBD Word from Southern Progressive Revival, and I would like to say happy holidays from all of us at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Whoever heard of a skinny Kenny Pick? Eat, eat. And welcome back to our Christmas Day Spectacular here on Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick on Indie Media Weekly. I hope everybody's enjoying their holiday and joining me once again to continue the kitchen talk, uh, the one and only Don DeBear. Uh, welcome back, Don. Thank you very much. And I and learned uh, a little... version of kitchen gadgets, right? Yes, yes, kitchen gadgets. And I, and I learned a little tidbit while uh, we were on break is that... Uh, the the twenty fourth is that correct? December twenty fourth. It's your birthday, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we have a tradition here on Turn Off the Night, so uh, let's get John Boehner in here. This is your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey, hey, your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you, all dear friends, for coming to my birthday! Well, there you go, Don. Uh, happy birthday, oh, thank even, you. <laughs> even though it's in the future uh, from when we're recording. Yes, but yes. <laughs> I, guess, I guess technically everybody will should hopefully have a happy birthday in the future, right? So that's, uh, yeah, that's okay. Exactly. And, exactly. and that, that's exactly why I don't drink scotch. Okay. Because I don't want to sound <laughs> like John Boehner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he's a big fan of Merlot and Marlboro Reds. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so welcome back, uh, uh, Don. Thanks for doing this. This is a really fun conversation. And um, we, uh, when we were talking uh, off, uh, off air, uh, you mentioned one of the other benefits of sous vide that we want to mention before we move on to your next uh, preferred cooking method. And uh, you, you want to mention that real quick? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. can't believe it didn't. It's like one of the best things is how many times you've either done it to yourself or you've gone to, to somebody else's house and go, oh, they cooked fish. Catch of the you day. You can cook fish in the sous vide and nobody will even know until you serve it. And that, you know, and, and anything else that would be equivalently stinky. <laughs> so that's one beautiful thing is that you can't even tell you're doing something until you literally are ready to go. You yeah. know, of course, if you heat it in a pan, you're going to, you'll, 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 uh, you'll, uh, get that, that, uh, that hopefully wonderful odor, you know, distributed around your house a little bit, but mm. not like you've been pan frying salmon or something like that for, for a few minutes and, and, uh, and then sending that oily, fumes all over the place so it's it's almost like the tequila of cooking because you don't know what you've done until it's it's uh on the plate <laughs> yeah there, there you there you go or the yeah. long island iced tea right? That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good so uh uh that now this is something that you just told me about tonight and this is very exciting um i've never ever ever used a pressure cooker ever um i've had things cooked in pressure cookers and i i think it's you know a magnificent tool i don't you know i know what the benefits are but there is something new that has come out uh and uh i don't know how long it's been around but uh you told me about this tonight you want to you want to mention what that is Oh yeah, well, it, it probably isn't anywhere new as new as I even I think because mm -hmm. I don't know why I never heard of it, but I never was actively looking for one. But there is a uh, there's a new pressure cooker, a relatively new one called Instant Pot that's been uh, storming the planet apparently for some time now. And the beauty of it is one, it's constructed really nicely. There's a whole range of different functions and sizes and, and capabilities. But it is very well made. The cooking pot itself is a really nice heavy gauge stainless steel with a multiple layer base, almost like one of the really fancy, uh, uh, like a copper cord pot. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's really sturdy. You could probably throw it on the ground and not dent it. It's very easy to clean. And the unit itself is the one key thing. And I re I, I'm trying to remember if my mom ever used one or I'd seen it at somebody else's house. But... Yeah, uh, the old-fashioned uh, pressure cooking pots had to go right on a burner or over a gas stove, yeah. and they could be exceedingly dangerous. And this thing has this gigantic metal uh, fringe around it that the lid locks into, which is also metal, and it is r safe. You don't have to worry about it. You do have to be careful when you're venting it, unless the recipe is okay with just natural venting, in which case it slowly bleeds out mm -hmm. and then you can open the pot, you know, but you have to, if you need to open the vent valve, you have to be very, very careful with it and keep some kind of like an oven mitt between you and the steam so that you don't, you know, hurt yourself. Cause like anything, yeah. you know, high pressure like that, that can be bad, but it's really almost like a set it and forget it. So it's nothing new, and anybody that's ever done anything and has a great recipe with a pressure cooker, you can go back to doing it again. Uh, it's it's like a large-scale uh, rice cooker in size, so it doesn't take mm -hmm. up too much space. Uh, again, and this is not a Costco ad, even though I keep mentioning them over and over again just because I have them <laughs> like shopping. Not a sponsor. They, they have... They have the, the, what is it, a six quart or whatever for like 109 or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
And, now, and, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking on uh, on Amazon right now, and there's a Instant Pot Duo 66 quart for seventy bucks. So you know, I don't. Yeah, and, and it's got four and a half star ratings with the uh, twenty eight thousand reviews. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the the lower end ones. It doesn't have as quite as many features as the one Costco mm-hmm. sells, but. I think they probably all are fine, and the, and then you get to the really big ones, and they do ridiculous things like, uh, you know, they probably can tune up your car and give you a haircut as well. But sure, um, <laughs> the uh, it's not not really necessary, but but it's really cool. And there are a few things that I haven't tried yet. Like apparently, you can use it as a rice cooker, uh, you can use it as a regular steamer, you can use it as a slow cooker, and and it even has a yogurt setting, which I. I enjoy yogurt, but I haven't gone out of my way to attempt to make it yet. Apparently, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, but it's like I said, it's just it's a really nice gadget that's got a lot of uses uh, for you know, and and uh, um, it's not only good with doing things that you would think would make a lot of sense, like meat, like if you want to do shredded pork or shredded beef, or if you want to do Mexican style, or you can do any you know any good seasoning technique um but it also works really well with vegetables so that you don't either boil them to death and lose mm-hmm. half the flavor or st- excessively steam them into mush yeah. you know so it, it does again you know you have to play around with the time but there's a lot of information online on how long to run things the the, the key is being a good guess of how big something is like i personally like beets and so when they say oh, yeah. a medium well, what the hell is a medium beat? Is that like a medium <laughs> onion? You know, so you don't want to have to take your ruler out every time. But you can, uh, you know, with the, with beets, basically, you know, rinse them off, get some of the roots and garbage off of it, and then, yeah. and you don't have to peel them or anything like that. Just rinse them, and and then you pop them on top of one of those sort of fan style steamer baskets that you have sitting mm-hmm. in, in. You can put in the bottom with maybe like a one inch feet on it, and you put a cup of water in there. And you could use seasoning too. I like just I like doing the vegetables and seasoning them afterwards. Sure. And instead of it taking, you know, an hour, and then end up with with you know a big huge pot of blood red, you know, if, unless you're using golden beets, you know, mm. wa- water that will you'll probably get some on you. They only take like twenty minutes, you know, and and they are perfect all the way through. And then the skin just peels off so easily, you know, it's to let them cool down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, And they're great for doing things like uh, if you do butternut squash. Oh, I think that, yeah. I, I just, you know, you, you half it, de-seed it, and I like roasting the seeds afterwards. But it took 10 minutes, and it was perfectly tender. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah. So you could... Yeah, and then and then last night actually, because I've always been a huge artichoke fan, especially considering the Castorvilles right down the road from here, they weren't the biggest ones that I would normally like, but they there were some pretty good sized ones. Normally, you either have to boil them for like ninety minutes, or you have to steam them for maybe sixty or so. Yeah, I did. I think I would probably add a few more minutes, but I did them for oh god, what was that? Uh, I did it for fifteen minutes. And not only were they cooked perfectly fine, I think 20 would have been a little bit better. They taste more like artichokes than I've ever had an artichoke taste because you're not steaming away all of the flavor. You're basically cramming all the flavor back into them. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about leaving the skin on the beets is, you know, that's going to, that's like your natural, you know, 
casing <laughs> uh, yeah. for, uh, for for to to keep the flavor in the beats. And yeah, for an artichoke, wow, yeah, that that fifteen minutes. That's for a squash yeah. too, you know, because we love oh, yeah, squash. Yeah. You know, we love yeah, squash I mean, here, and that that would be incredible. A, I mean, and if you did a, an actual light squash, you know, it probably would take two minutes. You know, you probably wouldn't want to do it in there. But yeah, it's it's um, my, one of the things my dad used to like doing is making applesauce. You can make applesauce in about ten minutes, and then it, and then the the water, the juices from the apple. You could probably, you can drink it. You just add like a little bit of sugar to it, but it probably would be good like a cider starter or something like that. I I, oh. I once tried to make, I made apricot and plum wine from my the fruit on my trees years ago, oh and they God. smelled wonderful, and they were so dry as a bone, I couldn't even drink them. So oh, like, that's, that stinks. My, my winemaking career is over, but they sure smell good, <laughs> but it, it's like... Um, so that might be a great starter for all I know, you know, it, it's, uh, but like I said, you just like, you can add a little bit back into the applesauce and the rest of it, you could just sort of chill and drink, you know, so that worked great. So it's, it's marvelous. I'm sure I haven't tried doing a potato, you know, but I'm sure that it would probably only take a few minutes as opposed to either having to microwave it or bake it for an extended sure. period of time. You know, so yeah, it's really wonderful. But they, yeah, and but micro they, microwave baked potatoes always come out. So I mean, half the time that you know, you you can't really gauge it. Of course, you know, our microwave has a potato setting, but if that potato is just a hair too small, it comes out and it yeah. looks like an overgrown brown raisin. You know. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, like you know, sweet potatoes and and you know yams or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them. They're like. You know, typically what are those are two inches you can get some you know a lot of times they're kind of odd shape but i mean those were those are only like 10 minutes and well, then that's, you can just that's that's great too because yeah susan susan likes to make uh, she'll do uh uh like a coconut curry and do yams and rice in the steamer on the two different levels and then do the the yeah. sauce on the on the stove and when that stuff is done steaming she adds it but I, you know, I'm wondering, I mean, you know, I think it takes probably 40 minutes in the steamer to get, um, those sweet potatoes done. And yeah, if you, if you're saying, yeah. if you're saying a squash takes 15 minutes, I'm sure a sweet potato is probably around the same amount and cause there's similar density and, um, yeah. and then, you know, the, uh, the rice, uh, you have, you've never done rice in this yet. I haven't tried. I have a nice rice cooker, and and mm -hmm. I actually I, I love rice and rice things. But since I'm not supposed to be eating so much carbohydrates, I don't sure. make it as often. You know? Yeah. So yeah, but it's about you just have to I think like cloth line the the steamer basket that you okay. put it on, so it doesn't obviously fall through in the water. But yeah, I mean uh, like pears and apples or any kind of like a set sort of soft fruit, like ten mm -hmm. minutes the. I did a pumpkin. I actually didn't want the pumpkin. I just wanted the seeds, and I was going to give it to my neighbors so they could carve it, but they already had bought, like, four of them. Okay. So, so <laughs> you just chunk it up into little pieces, and I did it for 15 minutes. I probably only needed about maybe 10 to 12, and then you can use it for pie filling, or you can make some, like, a savory soup. I got a recipe from a oh, Twitter yeah. friend that I have to try. So it's really fast, you know, and... and uh, I mean, even if you, and, and when you're doing, um, like shredded beef, I haven't tried chicken yet. So I've done pork mm -hmm. and, you know, and beef, you only need is about an hour. 
That's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah, and and, and it's wonderfully tender. And then and mm-hmm. then the uh, I, I I guess I took a couple pictures, so it, it doesn't look all that wonderful because everything tends to sort of be brown afterwards. But I just tried a, a, a shredded beef recipe, and all of the spices were basically still on the meat, and the juices in the bottom were you know. All, not clear because it had kind of a reddish tinge to it from sure. some of the seasoning, but but it was you know and, and of course you add that back in to to soften things up a little bit. But I mean the, the, it's not like the spices are all going to fall off and be boiling or in the water. The meat actually looks like you just took it out of the marinade bag. You know, so and, it's, and, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what what I'm what I'm I keep going back to because you know. I think about, you know, how, how could you use this, um, for, uh, you know, a holiday meal. And I immediately thought when you mentioned the squash, because this is something back when I was a vegetarian and something I've done, even, even when I fell, fell off the vegetarian tree and hit my face on every meat branch on the way down, um, (laughs) uh, is that I love, I love like a stuffed squash. So what you could do is you could, when you figure out that perfect sweet spot to get the squash done, it, yeah. it, you know, you do that, you get it almost all the way done. And then, you know, maybe make a little al dente in this while your oven is full of everything else. And then at the very end, what you do is you, you, you know, you take your stuffing, you put it in the squash and then, then you just, you know, kind of stick it in the broiler, brown it a little bit and throw yeah. that on the table. So um, yep. you know, so, so that would be a great application around the holidays, you know, Brussels sprouts, which, you know, roasting them in an oven. That's something we have on our holiday tables around here quite a bit. Brussels sprouts, green beans, um, you know, it beets beets is something we have around the holidays. So yeah, that, that would be, uh, uh, magnificent for that because you could, you could cook yeah. these things in waves and then. You know, and and when they're done, put them in your your little you know Pyrex dish or whatever, and just warm them up a little bit before they hit the table. So um, yeah, and that's and that's if you were doing something where yeah you've got like an assembly line and a lot of people, that's the other re- area where a sous vide could come in handy because you let's say you cook something at a higher temperature but you don't want to overcook it, then you can mm-hmm. throw it in a bag and then just put it in, you know, set like the sous vide at say 140 or 150 or something oh. hotter than you would be using it. And then just use it to keep everything hot, you know, so without oh, actually that's cooking smart. anything anymore. And you yeah. don't even have to you know, take all the air out of it. You just Ziploc bag it and let it float around in there. Sure. And, and then, and then you can grab it out and use it whenever you need it. Yeah. So the, um, um, yeah, for a prep tool, it's marvelous. And then I know you like making chili. So like, mm-hmm. so the, the, you know, that's, that's an alternative if you're going to do a shredded beef version, you know, and, uh, sure. uh, the, 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 the miracle that I've been working on my, my wife was from Vietnam and we had a, a, this incredible beef, you know, beef noodle soup, the, the Vietnamese pho. And yes. the restaurant who had been there and they only made that finally changed hands and they weren't anywhere near as good and that we never found another place that it was close. So I've been trying to duplicate it because the rest of it is, is actually pretty easy to make yeah. if you have good broth. And normally aside from this prep, you have to roast the spices and you have to roast some garlic and, I mean, excuse me, ginger and uh, onions. 
um, and like beef bones and all kinds of other oddball pieces and everything. But normally, you need like eight, ten hours of cooking it in a pot. Mm-hmm. And I had never been able to get the flavor good, but it was never beefy enough. And then I tried it with the Instapot. And in an hour and a half, I've gotten closer to getting it like that restaurant made it, which was better than a lot of places we'd tried in Vietnam, um, than it ever been in a, in a pot. You know, so, so uh, you know, instead of having to, to babysit something for half the day, literally you know an hour and a half and it was ready to go so i still need some tweaking on it yeah but it's uh, just amazing you know and and um uh, it's supposed to make just marvelous chicken stocks and and you end up with really clear you know beef and chicken stocks because you're not boiling the crap out of everything now see that's exciting to me that's really exciting to me because I love making real gravy, real stock, you know, for, you know, for soup, uh, for, you know, for when I do dressing or stuffing, uh, you know, you have to have a good stock and I, I try my hardest not to have to crack open a can of collagen, you know, or Swanson's, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and you can get from, you know, if you use a whole chicken or something like that and, and I, this year. I, I uh, as I told people on uh, Turn Up the Night earlier, I made all of my stock with a crock pot, um, and you know added a little water, some vegetables, put that whole chicken in there, and that became the base of of my gravy, um, and uh, and also added some of that to my my dressing. Um, but this, I love this. You, you're saying it, it comes out really clear which is very nice yeah so. yeah the only thing you have to be really careful of and i i've done the you know that's how i used to make my chicken broth and it tastes great it's been a little bit more work and you have a little skimming down so the only thing the only way to screw it up is if you vent it too fast and you cause all the bubbles to come up and then it gets uh. foamy <laughs> So you oh, have to, so you carbonated have to, so gravy. You let it. <laughs> exactly. So, so well, I made the mistake of you. Uh, uh, um, there's a, there's a, uh, what is it called? Hollow, hollow. It's a Filipino. I mean, it, there's different versions of it, but it's basically like a, um, a dessert. So they used like chunks of fruit and taro, and then it's got pearl, tapioca pearls in it, and coconut milk and stuff like okay. that. Okay. And, uh, and I, I love them, but I don't like it when they mix the ice in because I don't like biting into a chunk of ice. So I, yeah. I tried actually doing taro root with the you know and and the um, and the the tapioca, and I it didn't have enough water, so they kept freaking the thing out because it thought it was like burning something. <laughs> and then when I opened it up, it I, it just opened up a little too fast, and it just, the vent got all gummed up because of the. <laughs> because of all of this, the squishy, Oops. you know, taro paste and everything. And so I ended up having to kind of like smoothie it and, and, you know, cook it a little bit longer, you know, but, it, and it came out fine, but it's like, yeah, you have to be careful. There's a few things that you can do to, to really screw things up. But again, once you've, once you played around with it, uh, sure. yeah. So you could just grab any old chicken and then when you're done, you've got chicken that you can use to shred up for the soup mm-hmm. or whatever, or use it for something else. And, you know, bag, cut it off, bag it, and chill it. You know, and use it in a salad, and then yeah. all of the all of the pie. stock from the bones and everything else. Uh, you know, is uh, and and that that high pressure really does help to break things down like cartilage. So you know, you mm-hmm. get you get uh, a lot of flavor that way too. So 
Oh, yeah, see, it's, this is again cooking, cooking with engineers. This is fascinating to me. <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, and that's the funny thing. Cause you know, I keep, I keep thinking, you know, we start veering into sounding like infomercial world, but then you bring it back yeah. by saying, you know, giving us the science behind it. And, you know, this is basically, you know, I, I know we, we mentioned, uh, uh, when we were talking off air before we did the interview, I was like, oh yeah, this will be good for gift ideas. And then you're like, well, it's going to be on <laughs> Christmas day, Ken. So, um, <laughs> So this is a great way to spend your gift cards, though, everybody. Yeah, I, there you I'm, go. That was a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, get a get an inst an instapot or a quick pot. In, uh, yeah, it's called. Yeah, this brand is called Instant Pot. Instant Pot. I, okay. I always say I think everybody tends to shorten it to Instapot. Yeah, it's yeah. Faster, but it's actually Instant Pot. You know, is yeah, the whole name that, for it. And, uh, and there may be other brands, but this is the one that's essentially going around the world mm. by storm. And it, I'm sure people probably go, oh, I've known about that for ages. You know, it's, it's a, I talked a friend of mine into to buying one, and she really likes it. But they, there's the two of them, and so they, they you know, haven't found a whole lot of uses for it, but she really enjoyed yeah. the result. So it's got to be right for you, you know. Yeah. And, uh, um, it could cause you to overeat if, you, of course, you really like it and make lots yeah. of really good taste. <laughs> Well, that's true with anything, really. Uh, yes, so, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, uh, what what is your what is your personal favorite thing you've made in uh, in your instant pot? Well, my well, the the thing, like I said, that I was really wowed by, but it still has more work, is to make the the pho broth. But mm -hmm. that recipe is kind of complex, and it uses some parts of the animal a lot of people don't like looking at. So, so I'll I'll, I'll go to the second one, which was basically like doing um, like a Mexican style shredded beef for tacos or burritos or mm -hmm. whatever. You know. Well, here's a spoiler. Here's a spoiler, everybody. It uses the recipe he's talking about. Uses the beak and flippers. So, yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> cow, cow beak and cow flippers. Yeah. yeah. Now, I am a big fan of chicken feet, but only in Chinese style. And if somebody else makes it, so I'm, uh, yeah, know, but, uh, I can understand uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So, no, the, 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 you know, you can, if you have a, a favorite recipe seasoning wise, you you can use that, you know, so the, the recipe itself is just whatever you like and then getting the right cut of meat that will, mm -hmm disintegrate properly so and i used a um a chuck roast and just trimmed off the excess fat you want to leave a little yeah. bit and if there happens to be any silver skin anywhere get rid of that because that just that's just grizzly gross you know uh, yeah. and then you can kind of ch chunk it up you don't even have to even really cut it up that much you just don't want any giant pieces so that you mm -hmm. you know make sure you kind of pressurize everything but and it's actually kind of similar recipe to that pork loin recipe that i was talking about so when you make something in the Instapot, or, in, you know, sorry, now I'm shortening the name, you always <laughs> have to make sure that if you're using pressure, that there's enough liquid in there so that it doesn't start to burn, you know, things on the bottom of the pot. And it does actually have a burn warning. So if it's got a temperature sensor, so if there isn't enough water, it will let you know and it'll go into shutoff mode. So it's got a lot of nice safety features, but, yeah. um, for the marinade, so I just like marinate it overnight. You know, like any heavy beef is, is fine. Just use like a cup of water. Like uh, uh, Trader Joe's has these really nice, um, lightly spicy uh, sliced green chilies. So it's like four ounce, a little can mm -hmm. of it. And then I use a tablespoon of garlic and a, and a tablespoon of onion powder. Um, 
and then three tablespoons of New Mexico chili powder or whatever favorite powder Ooh. you like. Um, a teaspoon of pasilla, pasilla chili powder, I guess it's pasilla, mm. um, which gives it a little bit of earthiness to it, not much more in the way of heat. And a teaspoon of cumin, teaspoon of salt, teaspoon of pepper, teaspoon of oregano, and three bay leaves. Just marinate it overnight, like I said, and then basically you put extra water, at least like a cup of water in, you know, you'll get more of the juices from the marinade. Yeah. And then use one of those... Um, you know, kind of opening the flower opening kind of uh, 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 steamer baskets. So mm -hmm. it literally kind of fits snug up to the side. And then you just basically pour it all in and just move it around a little bit so it's kind of uniform in location and pop it in. And um, let's see, uh, what was it? It was high pressure and I think 60 minutes was fine. No, I did. Um, yeah, 60 minutes worked fine for that. That's amazing. Uh, I, I, did, uh, I did. I tried using a flank steak and, mm -hmm. you, you know, even cutting it against the grain. So you're chopping the grains up. It, it tastes fine, but it ends up with this really weird. <laughs> it, it, I, ended up, uh, I ended up sort of like drying it off a little bit and putting a little extra salt and pepper on, on one batch I made and throw it in the, in the broiler and yeah. made like a loss out of it. But it's definitely the wrong cut of meat for that kind of okay. experiment. The the chuck roast were great, you know. Yeah, my mind so, immediately went to eye of round uh, or round. Oh roast, yeah, you know. I think that. Any, any... Oh good. Oh no, that that's kind of my go-to. Uh, you know, I, I love doing eye round steaks on the grill, uh, doing a round roast, anything like that, and you know, uh, and for you know shredded beef sandwiches whatever i love it because it's lean and uh and really hearty i think it's an underrated cut really oh it is yeah, flavor wise that's why these work so well flavor wise and you do need a little bit of marbling if you can you know to, to help you know to, to help it with the texture yeah you know unless you really really specifically want something to be ultra lean you know mm -hmm. so uh but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I just look for something that's got a decent marbling and not too much fat, and then I'll just trim the excess off anyway. Yeah. So it just doesn't end up gloppy stuff in the in the broth afterwards. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then once you basically you take the meat out off of the basket and then you shred it up and then all of the juices in the bottom you want to use that. You could actually oh, yeah. reduce it if you want. To. And then you could make something, you know, even more concentrated flavor-wise. So kind of, again, it's trial and error to see, you know, what, what you know, where you get that flavor mm -hmm. balance. But the texture of the meat is just perfect. And then, of course, you can bag it and keep it for later and do whatever, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I love uh, it. I'm really you know, impressed with the thing. I, I'm, I'll tell you what, if I end up with some Amazon gift cards, because uh, I've already spent a lot of money for Christmas for everyone, um, <laughs> including myself, uh, you know, buying all, all my stuff and say, here, Susan, wrap this for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll feign surprise on, uh, on the 25th. Um, oh, just what I wanted and bought for myself. Yeah, how did you ever know? <laughs> uh, but no, I really think I'm, you know, uh, b even before the suit, the, all the, the setup for the sous vide, I'm thinking this is exciting. I can't, I mean, seriously, a squash in 15 minutes and again, instant pot, <laughs> not a sponsor. Um, yeah. but if you want to be a sponsor, let us know. Um, <laughs> we'll take your money. Um, of course. but yeah, uh, 
No, this is really cool because this is, uh, again, you know, I, I, uh, I love my oven. I love my stovetop. I love my crock pot. I love my steamer. Uh, I love my, you know, smoothie wand and the microwave mm -hmm. eh, is all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it's there in case we need it. Should probably get a smaller microwave because the one we have is way too big right now. But uh, you know, toaster oven, yeah, I love that too. Warming up, you know. But this, this I think would really, really be a fun and cool new dimension to, uh, to you know, not just the instant pot, but you know, the whatever you know manufacturer of this thing uh you know i i would love to try and and do this and i think when susan finds out she can make her own yogurt i think she's gonna flip her lid <laughs> yeah I, I can't attest to how well it comes out because yeah. i've never tried it but it's supposed to be relatively easy it might be a little bit more work intensive because i guess it's, yeah it has a temperature sensor to get the milk at the right time you know i don't know exactly sure. the, the dynamics of of, of yogurt making but uh, um, I've made my own cottage cheese before, but that's really, really easy. So, oh my god! Uh, next show, next show. So, <laughs> no, well, I can. No, well, no, no, no. That won't last long enough. All you need for cottage cheese is some low-fat milk, some some of an acid, which you could use vinegar or or a little bit of lemon juice or or a little bit of both, and some salt, and you just mix it together and let it fall, you know, separate into curds and whey, and then just strain it out. You're done. Oh my God! I'm gonna try that. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch. You, a, yeah, yeah, I'll watch you, a YouTube video use, too. Don't use whole milk because there's too much fat in it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a skim milk or a, a, a non-fat milk fan. But if you're gonna make cottage cheese, yeah, you don't want fat in it. So yeah, I, I fortunately uh, we don't drink a lot of milk around here, but uh, I did buy a little bit for a recipe. I'm gonna try, you know, a little pint or whatever. Uh, but no, I, with the leftovers, I might try and make my own cottage cheese. Look at that. Yeah, there so. you go. Yeah, it's, it's good. It just needs a little salt and pepper afterwards, or you can throw other stuff in it. But yeah, it works, oh, out, yeah. it works pretty good. Just all, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to be world-class, super fancy version, but it's cottage cheese. <laughs> oh, well, if it's not world-class, super fancy, count me out. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, no, no, but seriously, I'm probably going to try that with our leftover milk. That's good. Cool. Well, yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> Don, we are getting towards the, uh, um, look at this. We we've done over an hour of, uh, cook and talk just ourselves here tonight. Um, you know, on this Christmas special for everyone. So, wow. uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this quality, unique programming and Don taking time out, uh, here on turn up the night for this Christmas special. Um, and Don, uh, I'll give you the, the last word before we, uh, move on. Okay. Well, um, I would say that, you know, for somebody that does enjoy cooking, you know, I mean, they're not super expensive gadgets, but it's just like any, like a really nice kitchen knife or, or a good pot or pan, uh, you do get what you pay for and they they are pretty good investments. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, like I said, with the sous vide, you can do it without a vacuum sealer, but a vacuum sealer makes it a lot easier. And then yeah. that's got other, you know, good things about it. You can, you know, for store general storage anyway. Oh yeah. So it's kind of a win-win on that one. And just, uh, is, but you got, one of the key things is you got to be willing to experiment, you know, and then keep good notes. I mean, that's, that's, I think uh, a big difference between somebody who's, 
you know, really hit or miss in terms of what they make in the kitchen. Because if you take good notes in a, sort of an engineering part of it, along Same. with the artistry <laughs> of the seasoning, then you'll be able to replicate it. And if people particularly love, oh, I love your chili or I love your shredded beef or what, you'll mm-hmm. be able to duplicate it. And you can, you know, if you feel like it's not a family secret recipe that you busted your ass for years to figure out, then you can always give it to them. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you, you got to be, uh, I'm a real hard ass, like with baking, you know, I tell people, I'll give you the recipe, but it's going to be in weight. Yeah, yeah. Not, not <laughs> measurements, you know, other than, you know, a teaspoon or a tablespoon, that's, that yeah. doesn't usually make much of a difference. And if you don't want to do it that way, I'm not going to give you the recipe because it's likely you're going to screw it up. And then you'll say, well, who gave you this recipe? And I don't want to be the one responsible for for you bringing a crappy batch of cookies to somebody's Christmas party, you know, so that's, uh, that's not complicit, not complicit. No. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, and remind everybody how they can find you, uh, on, uh, on the Twitters. On the Twitter is all, you know, I'm, and, and after all this come out with Facebook, I'm really, really happy about my decision years ago, but yeah, yeah on, on Twitter and my, my Twitter account usually isn't all that exciting. I'll, I'll post a lot of pictures of my cats and miscellaneous other things. Um, it's just at T the capital T, the number four, and then boo boo, B O O B O O. So, hey, and it's not, uh, and, and unlike uh, Frangela, I, hopefully I'm not boo boo the fool, but that was just a yes. nickname for my kid cat. <laughs> very good all right well i'll tell you what don it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thanks for uh again helping us out with some original content for uh yeah, the well, christmas the fun. christmas day special happy holidays to everybody uh we're gonna go ahead and hit a break and when we come back i don't even know what we're gonna hear because this is the first thing we've done for the christmas special isn't that exciting don <laughs> Yep. All right. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back, everybody. The children must be allowed to be children again. They must learn to play. They must learn what it means to have fun. We need a Kenny Pick on Mars. Thank you, Santa, for bringing happiness to the children of Mars. And the Christmas spirit to all of us. Son, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you and yours the very best of everything. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, everybody! Drop full claws is here! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Oh, you forgot weight. <laughs> oh, yes! No pillows! Look! Look, kids! No pillows! Now, if we hurry, we can get back in time for Christmas Eve. Yay! Shall we get going? Yay! Goodbye, dear friends. Away!
I didn't see you there. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, wishing you happy holidays from Turn Up the Night and, of course, Indie Media Weekly. And that intro song was Junior 85 with Christmas Final Boss. I found that at the Internet Archive and thought that would be a fun little way to introduce the special program tonight. I am presenting to you for the very first time tonight. Hold up there, Kenny Pick of 2014. This is Kenny Pick of 2018. This is now the second time that we're broadcasting these Christmas specials. The original, the two original Christmas specials from Turn Up the Night from 2008. Ten-year anniversary. We're going to go ahead and rebroadcast them now. I'll pass the torch back to back in time to the Kenny Pick, who is four years younger than me in this special rebroadcast from four years ago. Oh, I'm just confusing myself. It's like, you're going to hear Kenny Pick from 10 years ago, Kenny Pick right now on Christmas Day 2018, and now Kenny Pick from around Christmas 2014. It's just pure madness. To a broad audience, the very first two official episodes of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick from 2008. Now, I say the very first two official episodes because there was one before this that I screwed up. And I didn't quite know the ins and the outs of um, ASCAP and BMI and licensing fees and, you know, kind of thought the world of podcasting was a free-for-all. Well, you know, I didn't get in any kind of trouble, but I yanked the first podcast before I did get in trouble after doing some research. So the next couple shows... I reached out to some independent artists and independent record labels and some friends of mine who have recorded Christmas music, very irreverent Christmas music, and I put together these two podcasts you're about to hear. Uh, bear in mind, I had no real idea of the, the uh, you know future of Turn Up the Night, what that was going to be. It's definitely much different than you know six years ago than it is now, and uh, it was. Only me and the Suze on the show. You'll hear the Suze on episode two, I believe. She might be on both. I'm not sure. But it's been a whirlwind around here getting these things ready for everybody. So, uh, yeah, I want everybody to kick back and enjoy uh, what Turn Up the Night was originally in 2006. Again, the, the very first episode is gone forever. But I think it's kind of fun and timely that uh, now that I'm part of Indie Media Weekly, thank you, Kim, for the opportunity to be here. Um now that you know, uh, we're you know me and everybody else from Turn Up the Night is part of Indie Media Weekly. I think this is a great time to represent these shows because they're perfectly you know it, it's totally kosher to play this stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm glad I found them. I found two CDs that were buried in a box of CDs that said Turn Up the Night, Christmas 2008, and uh, and that's what we have here. So uh, I will give a slight caveat here. Something apparently happened to the CD that part two was on. 
and the ending of it was lost. Uh, It's most of the show, but I don't know what happened to the tail end of it. I have no idea, but it leaves off with Susan and I talking about how much we don't really like kiwi fruit. So um, that's about it. (laughs) So here we go. Here comes part one of, uh, well, uh, again, episode one of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick from 2008. And I will uh, hop in after this and give a little bit of commentary. Uh, but yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, there's not a lot of talk. It's mostly music. But uh, you will get to hear a, a slightly unpolished Kenny Pick uh, talking about some some wacky stuff. So here we go. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick, episode one from 2008. Greetings, my friends, and welcome to a special holiday episode of Turn Up the Night. I'm Kenny Pick, and I'm wishing you all a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, a pleasant Ramadan, and or a joyous Kwanzaa. And don't worry about me, I'm just an atheist that likes getting gifts. Let's hear some rock!
Christmas, and we wanted to see what Santa brought us. We sneaked down the stairs, waiting for Santa to come, and picked a little pig inside the parcels under the tree. One morning, figure came up with a big package, I believe it's from the basement, quietly towards the tree. Tripped over the cat and knocked through the window. God damn it! Heard him say, Take me to this very day. With tears in my eyes, I get front of the silhouettes. I know this was my father. With aching in my heart, I begged him, not on this holy day. Not on the day of the birth of our Savior. Please don't, please don't. Not on this sacred day. Not on the day we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Confuse the Lord's name in vain on Christmas. Please don't use the Lord's name in vain on Christmas. Please don't use the Lord's name in vain on Christmas. That was our first holiday block of music. Uh, my ideal uh, show is going to be a show with music and talk, generally politics, religion, whatever you want, maybe a little gossip there. Uh, but tonight, I'm just going to try and play as much music as I can. And the first song you heard there was Postcode, Black and White Christmas. And that was off the compilation called, right here in my greasy little claw, um, it'll be filthy this Christmas on Filthy Little Angels Records. They have uh, uh, four CDs worth of Christmas music on their website, and I would check out filthylittleangels.com because all the bands on the Christmas CDs they actually have releases for them too that aren't just holiday music, and it's some pretty good stuff. But yeah, I'll tell you what, this postcode band, nice, very cool. I like that stuff a lot. The following band was Mistletoe, and that's not spelled like the traditional mistletoe, but like intercontinental ballistic mistletoe. 
uh, M-I-S-S-L-E-2, Away in a Manger. That was their version of Away in a Manger. And uh, uh, the CD actually came out in 1999. Uh, my buddy Jeff, who's in CD Truth, also is in this band. I'm not sure if other band members from CD Truth are in that, but it's some pretty rockin' Christmas stuff. I'm going to play some more of that later, too. Maybe not on this podcast, but I, I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, some of their music on uh, the next few podcasts we do here. And there's a reason why I'm playing all this music, too, this indie music, is because I, I did our my first podcast, and I used songs from my CD collection that were on, you know, just whatever, Warner Brothers or Columbia or, or what whatnot. Uh, and, and then... Out of curiosity, because I'm new to doing podcasts, I did a search and I saw that there were not laws currently in the books that prohibit corporate music from being on uh, podcasts, but they're working on it. (laughs) So in my eyes, I was like, okay, well, I just did my first podcast and maybe I have to throw that one away. I'm not sure. So... I'll say this one is the first official podcast of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. And I will uh, play nothing but independent, non-corporate music on every podcast I do from here on out. And what better way to start it than with, uh, you know, Christmas music. And the the last song in that block that I played, uh, the third song, was called Please Don't. And actually, it was a band that I used to be in. I, I've never played bass and recorded with another band except for this band. And it was called Lionel Jefferson Airplane. And the song is called Please Don't. But I pushed for it, but everybody said, no, no, let's just call it Please Don't. But I wanted to call it Please Don't parenthetically use the Lord's name in vain on Christmas. But I was outvoted. It was a democracy, and that's okay. So I'm down with that. But hey, so uh, I tell you what, we're going to play a little bit more music and then we're going to come back and we have a few more segments we'd like to share with you. But um, yeah, so hey, turn up the night. If you can't turn it up, turn it off. This song is about one of my favorite Yuletide activities. It's a time-honored tradition which I hope you will embrace. Stockings are hung, the presents are wrapped, the carols are sung, and the fruitcake is crap. The fire is warm, and the kids are asleep, and my cock is in a frock just like little Bo Peep. It's Christmas penis dress up, it's my favorite time of year. It's Christmas penis dress up. Now he's wearing Vulcan ears I know you think it's creepy But I just got to thinking With a beard and a hat He'd look like Abraham Lincoln It's Christmas penis dress up I'm suiting up my little guy It's Christmas penis dress up Now he's a pirate with one eye I'll wait here by the fire to keep Santa from danger With my penis on alert, dressed up just like the Lone Ranger
as I rub on Astroglide for that Bruce Willis shine Or I aquanet my pubes and pretend that it's Albert Einstein It's Christmas penis dress up When I'm proud I wear my Superman cape It's Christmas penis dress up When I'm limp he's Professor Snape when it's cold outside and the yuletide snow falls It's time to break out your makeup and deck your balls It's Christmas penis dress up And I know that you think it's wrong But there's nothing I find more festive Than a dapper, well-dressed dong Merry Christmas, everybody. you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! For sticking around and listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. I'm Kenny, and I'll tell you about those two songs you just heard. The first song was called Are You Ready for This? It's kind of rough. 
Make sure the kids are out of the room. It's not a good thing. But it's called Christmas <clears throat> Penis Dress Up. Christmas Penis Dress Up. That's right. By Raisin. That's uh, He spells his name R-A-Y-Z-Y-N. Raisin. I, I've never... I've never spelled that word that way, but that's the way he spells it. And I've checked out his website, too. He has a MySpace page. And to me, he seems kind of like a cross between... He's got the the anonymity of Buckethead because he wears this like crazy silver mask. And then... Um, but he kind of has a Richard Cheese kind of persona. But not necessarily. I don't want to say he's ripping off either one. Obviously, he's not. It's a it's a pretty I wouldn't have played it if I thought it was a you know copying off of anything else. But um it, that's that that was a hell of a fun song and uh very irreverent and right up my alley since I have no faith. But anyway, the next song is uh the the, the song after that was a uh, Santa Claus was a Nazi and it was uh, parenthetically the gastritis mix. And the band that did it was called Anarch State, and they're from Germany. I found that, again, on the uh, uh, Internet Archives. You can find all kinds of insane, great music on the Internet Archives. And it's all free source and can be duplicated or played on a podcast like we're doing right now. And it's, it's just... You know, a fantastic site for all kinds of things. You have to wade through a bunch of bullshit, I have to tell you, to find some good songs on on the page. But uh, I just did a search for X-Mass, X-Mass, and I found some really great stuff. And I'll tell you what, I think I'll go ahead and play something else. This is uh, from 1922, I believe. Um this is Thomas Edison's recording of Santa Claus Hides in Your Phonograph. How creepy is that? Oh, but if you think it's creepy the way I just introduced it, wait until you listen to it because it's insane. It really is insane. And it made me want to climb the wall when I heard it because it was so creepy. But here you go. This is Thomas Edison, Santa Claus Hides in your phonograph. Hello, little folks. Do you know who I am? You've heard of me often. Some say I'm a sham. <laughs> but most of you know that cannot be true. For every Christmas you see what I do. And now, you not only know just what I do, but you hear my old voice as I'm speaking to you. Who is it, you say? Hush, load all the doors and I'll tell you a secret. I'm old Santa Claus. <laughs> Perhaps you're curious to know why I hide in this phonograph. For I'm right here inside. <laughs> I'll tell you, my dear. If you give me your word that you won't tell a soul about what you have heard, You've seen Santa's picture quite often, I'm sure, with his great big white whiskers half down to the floor, and his ruddy red cheeks and his 
jolly old smile, and often you wish you could see him a while. But children, though I'd love to come out of this box, I'm really afraid to, because of the shocks that all of you get if you saw me come out. Why, you'd all run away with a terrible shout. <laughs> my beautiful whiskers are black with the dirt, and the dust in my eyes so that both of them hurt. And my lovely red robe with its trimming of white is as black as the black of a black winter's night. <laughs> and it's all because I have to climb down the many long chimneys you have in this town. Before I can possibly come out and greet you, I must take a warm bath. And then perhaps I'll meet you. Don't think that I mind getting dirty like this, for it's something I'd really be sorry to miss. I have to go down all these sooty old places to bring gifts to the children and smiles to their faces. But before I get out and disappear soon, I'll give you a treat. It's a bit of a tune that I'll play on my chime that I've got with me here. So listen, dear children, to some real Christmas cheer.
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. There was another offering from the indie label, Dirty Little Angels. And check them out at DirtyLittleAngels.com. Uh, that was off the Christmas anthology called The Filth of Christmas Past. And the performer was Ant, like the insect. And uh, it was, of course, a cover of Let It Snow. And I, I prefer, I have to say, I do prefer the original Christmas compositions in lieu of the covers, but, you know, it, it seems like if somebody puts their heart into it and uh, gives it a, their own little spin, you know, that was nice. Ant was obviously a very gentle performer on that song and seemed to, it seemed to be pretty heartfelt. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy when, as long as it's not too hippy-dippy or folky, you know, I'm okay with it. And again, you know, it's indie, and that's good. Um... And uh, and of course, before that was the <laughs> the ever creepy uh, Santa hides in your phonograph from uh, Thomas Edison Studios back in the day. Not sure who uh, performed that, but the the ho ho ha he 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 he, you know that that was uh, ooh, oh god, you know just stick with the ho ho hoes with Santa Claus, you know the when you when you put the he 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 in that th- seems like you know. I don't know, he's going to crawl into bed with you or something like that. We don't want that. Uh, you fat bastard, get out of my bed. Anyway, uh, we're going to move along. I am going to extend this show a little bit because I actually had an, a bit of a problem with the recording technique that I had, so I had to upload the first 25 minutes of the show, and now I'm going to go ahead and do like maybe 15, 20 minutes more, make it a uh, 40, 45-minute uh, long uh, Christmas jamboree for you. Holiday Jamboree. And the next song uh, is a shameless plug for my band. Uh, We're called Hairwolf. And uh, like the hit 80s television show, Airwolf, with an H in front of it. Um, And we have a MySpace page. Just do a Google search for Hairwolf and you can probably find us. Uh, But it's Planet Hairwolf on on MySpace. You know, that whole uh, prefix nonsense. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this is our original Christmas composition. It's called All I Got for Christmas Was a Song Stuck in My Head, and you should sing along. Jingle bells are jingling and they're decking all the halls. Frosty and Rudolph, the herald angel calls. Little baby Jesus and the little Fever. I'm feeling green and red 
Saludos amigos. Our fiesta today happens to be a very special occasion. Our musicantes seem to be in a especially fine humor, and also there is a different tone in our música. I have an idea that the Christmas spirit has something to do with this state of affairs. About this time in America Latina, as well as in every other country, Christmas is awaited with great enthusiasm. Of course, Santa Claus doesn't mean much in Latin America, as the bearer of gifts there are los tres reyes magos, the three wise men. And as for villancicos de Navidad, or Christmas carols, well, here are two that America Latina is singing at this time of the year. Rigirán and En el Portal de Belén. just yet welcome back to turn up the night well you never left i hope you never left 
But if you did leave and came back, then welcome back to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Or at least welcome back to my voice and say goodbye to the music for a minute. But uh, that last song was by a band called Shock and Awe. Again, off of the uh, one of the compilations from Filthy Little Angels. That one, again, I played a couple songs off that one now. That'll, uh, that was It'll Be Filthy This Christmas is the name of the CD. And I urge you, I urge you to go to FilthyLittleAngels.com and download that whole CD because I, I had a really hard time picking what songs I wanted to play on the podcast from that. And uh, they do, they have the, the simple download on that album, but they have three volumes before um, The Filth of Christmas, Christmas Past, pardon me, and uh, I forget the name of the other one right offhand. I only downloaded the two, but there is a, a double album that they did, uh, I believe in 2006. Yes, because I this uh, that was from the 2008 volume, which they just released, and I shamelessly tried to get Hairwolf on it, but it was too late. But that's okay, uh, because we're uh, blending it all together here right now for you tonight on Turn Up the Night. But uh, I'm I don't know what I'm going to play next, but I want to tell you about uh, something that is near and dear to my heart uh, this uh, Christmas season and every Christmas season uh, or holiday season. Because, again, you know, I'm not a Christian. It's just easy to say Christmas, and that's what everybody wants me to say, at least those those in my, those in people in my life that demand you assume everyone is an Anglo-Saxon Christian. We are a Christian nation, don't forget. Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. with that pagan tree and all that fun stuff, and uh, Jesus wasn't even born until the spring. But, oh, well, let's get off that topic. But, no, what, what, what's near and dear to my heart is... Uh, when you shop, when you shop for Christmas for people, don't go to Walmart. Don't even go to Target. I, I, I love Target so much. I, I think it's a great store. They have a lot of things that are reasonably priced and whatnot. But when you when you buy from stores like that, you might put, uh, yeah, you're paying for people's paychecks from the store, but you're paying into a, a, a greater conglomerate that uh, kind of, consumes people's lives and doesn't really um, benefit anyone except for the the giant corporate goons that run the companies. So I urge you to shop locally every time you can. Every time you can. Don't. It, it, I'm in the Cleveland area. Don't go to Giant Eagle. Go to Rini Rigo. It might be out of the way, but go there. The prices might be a little bit higher, but go there because Giant Eagle is going to screw you on one thing or another you know if you buy a head of lettuce for 99 cents they're going to charge you a dollar 29 for a can of pork and beans whatever you know they're, they're going to get you somehow but anyway uh, a couple uh local stores in my area again if you're in the cleveland area or if you ever come through and you're visiting two fantastic locally owned businesses uh i want to plug right now uh we've got my mind's eye records uh, in Lakewood, Ohio. Um, Charles is the owner, and I'll tell you what, fantastic, fantastic collection of music in this guy's place. Uh, just obscure, insane stuff. You're not going to find a bunch of crap CDs you have to wade through. No Britney Spears or uh, anything like that. I don't even know who new pop stars are. Uh, maybe uh, 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 Britney Spears' sister. Yes! Or Hannah Montana, you won't find any of that crap. But you know, lots of great stuff. He's he's a metalhead, and he likes weird 
punk rock and psychedelic stuff and i found he's turned me on to so many great things there um and uh, you know i, I want to wish him a happy holiday whatever holiday he celebrates but charles yeah uh hats off to you for having the best record store i've ever shopped at and if anybody out there is into comic books or toys um i recommend you go to carolyn john's comics in the cam's corner district of um of cleveland uh, right down the street from me. It's it's a hell of a store. It's huge. They have great parties. I, I was there last Saturday, and they send you a, an invitation and a coupon uh, for 40% off. That is, if you're on their good side and you're a regular shopper there, they'll send you that. And believe me, there's tons of people who are regular shoppers because there the place was flooded. But they give you 40% off one item, and uh, I use my coupon to get the Absolute Watchmen hardcover edition. And don't think I'm jumping on the Watchmen fan wa- or bandwagon right now, too, because I've been a big fan of the Watchmen for many, many years. Not when it first came out, because, you know, I was trying to get laid around that time of my life when it came out. And, you know, it just didn't happen. But, um... But yeah, so I for three years in a row I tried to get it, but now fortunately since the movie's coming out uh, next year they have more than one copy in stock. So I got a copy. I didn't see it, but uh, I was with the Sues and I was like, "God damn it, they don't have it." She's like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I missed it." But anyway, but yeah, Carolyn John's Comics, hell of a hell of a store, and uh, my mind's eye records terrific i I urge all of you if you have a favorite local independent business plug away tell everybody about them and build that local economy because with you know the 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 economic climate right now and and all the the corporate goons that are getting bailed out from this mess that we're in right now well you know if we're giving them our tax dollars don't give them the money out of your pocket don't do that you know whatever you can just you know, buy independent as much as possible, and you'll um, you'll be a better person for it. So anyway, uh, enough of that rant. I'm going to get back to some music. I'm going to play a couple more songs, and I'm going to sign out. Um, I promised a couple more segments this week, but uh, for the way the the whole recording goofiness went, I'm just going to uh, keep it short and play one or two more songs, and come back and say goodnight. So I hope you enjoy all the music that we've played tonight, and uh, leave a message on the blog if uh, there's something you liked or hated or want to call me bad names. If you're a hardcore Christian and hate atheists, oh my God, please, please leave me a message. Please leave me a message. I want to beat you up. All right, um, here's a couple more tunes. S-A-N-T-A-C-L-A-U-S, hooray for Santa Claus. You spell it S-A-N-T-A-C-L-A-U-S, hooray for Santa Claus. Hooray for Santa Claus. Yay, yay for Santa Claus. He's fat and round, but jumping chimney, he can't fit down in chimney. When we hear sleigh bells ring, our hearts go tingling, cause there'll be presents under the tree. Hooray for Santa Claus! Now all year long at the North Pole, he's busy making toys. But he knows just what to do, so you better be good girls and boys. Hey, 
Hang up that mistletoe Soon you'll hear ho 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 On Christmas Day you'll wake up and you'll say Hooray for Santa Claus Yeah, 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 hooray. Hang up that mistletoe, soon you'll hear ho, ho, ho. On Christmas Day, you'll wake up and you'll say, hooray for Santa Claus. S-A-N-T-A-C-L-A-U-S, hooray for Santa Claus. Hooray for Santa Claus, indeed. That was uh, Ray Zen one more time, the same artist that did uh, uh, Christmas Penis Dress Up, and that was a hell of a song. But I just wanted to say I lied. I was going to do two songs in a row and then come back. But I'm looking at the time on my machine here, my little sound machine, and it says, oh, no go, one more song for you, and that's it. So I picked my favorite song of uh, from the Filthy Little Angels compilation. Uh, it'll be filthy this Christmas. And this song is by a, a group called Lonely Ghosts. And uh, a, a UK band, again, I believe, unless they're guys like me faking accents, but uh, I believe they are from the UK. And the song is Christmas Time Is Here. It's a cover tune. And I didn't know it from the title, but once I heard it, I knew exactly what it was. And it's the most brilliant Christmas cover tune I've ever heard. Um, take this to bed with you. And after you've taken it to bed with you, Tuck yourself in, get some sugar plums dancing in your head, and make one of those sugar plums me, Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Just want to remind you, if you can't turn it up, turn it off. Happy holidays to all y'all. Christmas time is here.
Okay, kids, there you go. That was part one, The oh, I should say, yeah, part one of the special, but essentially the very first official episode of Turn Up the Night from 2008. Wow, I sounded like a nerd, man. <laughs> My cool factor has increased uh, tenfold in these past six years. Uh, but yeah, I do have, uh, I wrote down all the songs as I was listening through <laughs> to make sure I had them for you. So I will make available the, the actual playlist from this. For everybody, and while I was listening, I decided to Google "filthy little angels." I erroneously called them "dirty little angels" uh, towards the end there, but "filthy little angels." dot blogspot. dot com they still exist, and it looks like all that music, all that great music, is still there to download. So check it out. Support indie media, and I think I might do some uh, shopping, do some downloading over there. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, I'll tell you what, we need to do a break and do a little bit of uh, station identification and whatnot, and I'll come back and introduce the second half of the very first two episodes of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick from 2008. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. It's like Santa Claus. He's got a pack on his back, and he has gifts, and he's passing these gifts out. KennyPick.com. Yeah, they been to church. The first time was on Easter 
got all suited up All up in they Sunday best To pretend they give a fuck Like they really give a fuck Like they believe what they say Man, they'll take your rights away Even on a holiday In the land of the free In the home of the brave Where if you don't have a Christmas tree Then you need to be saved If you are a Muslim Then you need to be saved And to my Jewish homies do you the same way? The holidays decay. These kids are spoiled, rotten. It'll take a year to play with all the toys that Santa brought them. While other people struggle trying to put food in their mouth. I really hope you don't forget what Christmas is about. Whatever holiday you celebrate, sisters and brothers, don't forget that you're supposed to show some love to one another. Welcome to the war on the war on Christmas. I bet Bill O'Reilly will not put me on his death list. I bet Fox News gonna report all the drama. Christmas has been ruined. Blame it on Obama. Welcome to the war on the war on Christmas. Welcome to the war on the war on Christmas. Welcome to the war on the war on Christmas. Welcome to the war on the war on Christmas. Merry Christmas! And welcome back to the special holiday presentation of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. The first two official episodes from 2008. And we'll get right back into that momentarily. And of course, I decided to start off this second part of our special presentation with yet some more indie Christmas music. And that is our good friend Macaroni from uh, the Dope Inc. Records, T-H-E-D-O-P-I-N-C records.com on the War on Christmas. And uh, it's fantastic. We've been playing the heck out of it here on Indie Media Weekly, and I decided to immortalize it as part of this special presentation. So there we go. Thank you, Macaroni. Merry Christmas to you and yours. So, okay, here we are. We're going to delve into part two of the first two official episodes of uh, Turn Out the Night with Kenny Pick from 2008. Again, I was uh, um, not nearly as cool as I am now six years ago listening to this. I sound like a royal dork. But uh, Susan, uh, I think, maybe bails me out, and we have some fun on this one. I believe this one also has a live musical performance by the Susan and I. We did an impromptu Christmas song on guitar, ukulele, and vocals, and maybe even some jingle bells somewhere in there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> boy, oh boy, I bet it's good. But anyway, I, I am having fun sharing this with everybody. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am, uh, going back and playing it and, and blushing here and there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is what, uh, this is the turn up the night ghost of Christmas past coming back to haunt me. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could get a time machine and go back and uh, point my six-year younger self. I could point out the error of my ways. But hey, if wishes and buts. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, not put this off any longer. Here's part two of our special presentation of the very first two official episodes of Turn Up the Night from 2008. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that's where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friends, you're listening to Kenny Pick and Turn Up the Night. We've trolled the internet and found all kinds of weird, wild, and wacky songs 
to tickle your fancy, to jingle your bells on the second installment of our X-Max Music Jamboree. Let's hear some rock. It's that time of the year. Draw your family so near. Cold, just nipping at your ear. 12.25, it's almost here. Amoebas like to play 
in a petri dish, dividing all the way. I thought there were two, not one less or more, but I looked in the microscope and counted up to four. Oh, single cell, single cell, see how they divide. There was one on Christmas Day, but now it's multiplied. Hey, single cell, single cell, nothing much to do, but slide around a petri dish, dividing into two. Single, 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 you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of
song just a touch, but you know what? I will forgive my friend Jeff. Uh, from Akron, Ohio, Rubber City, Ohio. Rubbish, Rubber City, USA, actually. I don't think there's a, um, a statehood for Rubber City. I think that belongs to all of America. But anyway, yeah, uh, Jeff from CD Truth, uh, a buddy of mine, and the Sues, good friends with them, uh, had a side project called Mistletoe. I played a song from these guys on our last podcast, the first installment of Christmas Rock and Christmas Weirdness. And so it's not just all rock. You know, when I when I open the show and say, let's hear some rock, I just, you know, uh, I don't know what's going to come up after that. I just, uh, I just don't know. Why are you looking at me? Stop that. But anyway, but uh, I played Away in a Manger by Mistletoe. And again, uh, I said it on the last podcast, it's not spelled like mistletoe traditionally, but more like, you know, uh, um, intercontinental ballistic missile toe. So anyway, but yeah, that was their version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the little Monica Lewinsky thing. And you know what's funny? The album is from 1999, so... Technically, that's nine years of history between the album and now. So, yes, Monica Lewinsky, she's still remembered. Anyway, the song that preceded that was uh, called Single Cells to the tune of Jingle Bells. Apparently done by some kind of undergrad nerds or something that had a four track or whatnot. But I found that on the... uh, Internet Archives, uh, internetarchive.com, where you can find all kinds of open source music. Just so you know, I'm not playing corporate music. I'm playing free stuff. Because guess what? There's a lot of it out there, and a lot of it's pretty damn funny. Just like Single Cells by the Unknown Artist. But if, if, if the artist who did that song would like to step forward and give me their autograph, I would take it. I would take that autograph, and I would put it in my autograph collection of uh, performers that I enjoy that sing songs about science. And uh, right before that was a very heartfelt disco-y type song with a weirdo um, medley of Christmas songs in the uh, typical solo section of the of the uh, ditty. Uh, it was Whitney... As in Whitney Houston. Whitney Wollenin. Wollenin. W-O-L-A-N-I-N. Wollenin. And it was a song dedicated to the troops. I didn't catch the date on it, so this song could have dated back to the first Iraq war. I doubt any other, you know, obviously, you know, it was, uh, all the music was done on a really, you know, crappy keyboard or something like that, so... I doubt it dated back any further than that, unless it was uh, to the troops in the Bosnian War. But <laughs> everybody forgets about that one, so <laughs> who cares? But yeah, so that was a uh, was a fun little selection of music to start the show off with. Thank you for sticking with me again. My name. If you're just tuning in, then that's kind of weird because you probably should have started from the beginning. But my name is Kenny Pick, and this is Turn Up the Night. Let me know what you think. 
break my heart. and a happy new year. This is Michael Jackson of the Jackson 5 wishing a happy holiday to all Motown fans. This is Michael Jackson of the Jackson Five.
Topical Christmas song. Uh, it was called A Very Chaney Christmas. And this will, this year, you know, 400 years from now, when somebody listens to this podcast, they might not understand so much. But right now we do. And this is the last Christmas that George Bush and Dick Cheney will be spending in the White House. Although Dick Cheney probably spent most Christmases in a man-sized safe, that's okay. I have too. I understand. I'm with you, brother. I founded the club. But anyway, um, yeah, so that was uh, a song called A Very Cheney Christmas by Bart. And uh, I I scored that from the uh, Internet Archives. I'll tell you what... Internetarchive.com.org, whatever it is. I, I don't recall right now. But, uh, my goodness, there's some insane, weird music out there. On my search for Christmas music, I found the song that preceded the Very Cheney Christmas song. Um, it was by a group or individual called Vinyl Boy. And it was simply called Christmas Song. 
where a lot of the songs actually on my playlist tonight are called uh, Christmas Song or Christmas Time Song or Christmas Love Song. But uh, Vinyl Boy, that was a hell of a song. That was great. Uh, The little Michael Jackson and Barking Dogs interspersed there. That was nice. I appreciated that. And uh, leading into that was a Japanese Christmas song called Asahi Wanoborite. And I have no idea if I said that right at all. I probably didn't. But it's uh, Asahi Wanoborite. Maybe if I say it quieter, it'll be right. But it probably not. But um, it was by um, an unknown artist, again, because this was from the Internet Archive website, and I have no idea who some of these people are, but I'll tell you what, they should stand up. They should stand up and take credit for this amazing Christmas music they're giving us. I tell you what, we're going to play one more song, we're going to come back, and we're going to have a little segment with the Sues, and um, we're going to wish you all... A happy Hanukkah Monzadon and uh, a prosperous new year. But other than that, I have nothing else to say. That's not really true. I do have a couple more things to say. Um, this song goes out to you, right? Now. Well, it's Christmas.
something else but instead we decided we were going to do an impromptu Christmas song just for you you can hear the jingle bells right now we've got me on jingles and vocals and the Sue's on ukulele and vocals and it's going to be a rad Christmas song for you so here it is one two three four Christmas is a time of year where lots of boys and girls have cheer. It's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Lots of toys and lots of joys around the world and to the boys. It's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Everybody likes a tree. Everybody like you and me, it's Christmas, oh Christmas, oh my lord, it's Christmas time, gonna ring the bells and chimes on Christmas, oh Christmas, jingle bells and jingle swells, jingle all around the world, it's Christmas, Goddamn Christmas Nobody knows what it's like To spend Christmas with the ghost on Christmas Christmas We're all burning up the time We're burning candles all the time on Christmas Magic Christmas Jingle bells and nursery rhymes All these bullshit, all these lies on Christmas Magic Christmas Thank you, we love you all Have a merry, 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 merry 
merry old time. And you should bust out your ukulele and your jingles and write your own Christmas song. Because that's what Christmas is all about. Writing your own crappy Christmas song. And here's another one coming right at you. Right now. Jingle Bells, the brown version that I found on the Internet Archives. I'm sure plenty of morning zoo uh, uh, goofballs have used that on their wacky little FM radio shows. But again, that's an unknown artist that I found on the Internet Archives. And uh, if they'd like to step forward, I will gladly have their autograph in my autograph book. But anyway, we're going to break away from that and go into a new segment that uh, the Suze and I have developed here. Say hello, the Suze. Hello! There she is. She's right here beside me. I'm not here by myself being creepy. Um, I actually have another human being with me here. And this segment is called What Not to Buy This Holiday Season. So, Suze, is there something you can think of that you should not buy for somebody this holiday season? I think um, genuinely um, ant farms. Ant farms are not going to be a good gift. No. I, I This time of year, yeah, it could get kind of cold, especially if you set them on a windowsill or something like that. The poor little ants could freeze to death. But, yeah. In general, an ant farm is not a good gift. Not not a good gift. No. Now, if you could make an ant farm into a greeting card and give a greeting card that had little ants like trucking through it, maybe building a snowman or I'm something like live that. Live ants. Yes, I I, I am yeah. too. But uh, I guess that would be hard to transport. You would have to get a special courier service for that. Um but, okay, so let me think of something not to buy. Um, okay, here, here's an easy one. An ear of corn. Don't buy somebody an ear of corn for no, Christmas. not good. It's, it's not, you know, it's practical. It's not seasonal. It's sustenance. But, you know, you just don't want to buy a vegetable for somebody for, for Christmas. No one's going to say, that's exactly what I wanted. Maybe if you cook it in a special way. There's no Christmassy seasoned corn. No, recipes. no, and corn is yellow, and yellow is not, not a holiday color. I can't. Well, I guess it's kind of a Kwanzaa color, but uh, not really a Christmas or Hanukkah or Ramadan color, to my knowledge. I actually don't know what the colors are for Ramadan, so I guess uh, I'm out of the loop. I would but say I, also that um, a, a definite gift that you don't want to. That you don't want to open in front of lots of other people 
on Christmas morning would be porn. Oh, yeah, porn. Don't give porn for Christmas. Don't give, say, shaven ravers or... Uh, uh, Busty Asian beauty. Uh, yeah, humongoloid boobs or anything like that. Don't do it. Because, you know, you're just going to... You know, you're going to please one person, but you're going to hurt a room full of feelings when you do that. Also, you know, big boxes of sex toys. Yeah. Not an acceptable Even a small box either. of... Even a small box of sex toys. Even if it was a small box with a single dildo in it, that would probably not be a good uh, gift idea for Christmas. Yeah. Stinky cheese. Well, it depends. I've had some stinky cheese at uh, some holiday get-togethers as a dip, and I've been polite, and I haven't said anything about it. But, you know, the the thing about stinky cheese is if it tastes as bad as it smells, you're in trouble. Usually it doesn't, but then again, you have people who don't know what the fuck they're doing a lot of the time, too, so... But uh, other bad gifts would be, um, I don't know, don't give somebody a copy of uh, Night of the Living Dead on VHS when they have a DVD player. That's a bad idea. <laughs> that's, that's actually happened to me before, but we won't go into it. No. <laughs> or anything on VHS. Especially not beta. No. Don't no. give anyone a video disc. Oh, yeah. Not, not a laser disc. Not a laser disc. But a video, video disc. disc. They were like records. My uh, sister had Grease on video disc, and I had Star Wars way back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, um, when I was only uh, never born. But no, no, I'm just kidding. Giving someone a Commodore 64 in this day and age, not very, no. They used to have modems. They had modems. You could tap into the interwebs. With that goddamn infernal devil device. Gramophones. Gramophone? No, not a good gift. Never popular. You know, a straw hat. I can't think a straw hat would be a good gift on uh, Christmas either. That's not very... You know, I mean, sure, everybody wants a straw hat when they go on vacation down in Florida or something like that. But not really an essential item in December in the Midwest or, or, I'm sorry, the... The heartland, we live in the heartland here. Uh, uh, yeah, so. Um, what, what else do you think? Uh, oh, any kind of CD or cassette or videotape DVD storage device, don't give it to somebody. They have their own way of handling those things. Don't give it to them. That's tacky. Anything from Amway, too? It's yeah, right out. Not, not really, no. Yeah, what do you think about Amway, Suze? Not a big fan. Not a big fan of Amway. It's um. It's a bunch of tacky crap. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let me see. I'm sure there's other things you shouldn't give for uh, any holiday season. Um, actually, in firecrackers. 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 Well, and it depends on the person, really. Yeah. Well, I guess people do use them in New Year's. Sure, sure. Some people do. Some people like. Well, you know what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't give somebody firecrackers dipped in mayonnaise. No, that's kind of no. That's kind of gross and um, pointless, really. 
So I yeah, it's it confusing would confusing to the ants. They'd blow up and they'd spread condiments everywhere. And uh, and I'll tell you what, mayonnaise. It's the most sexual condiment. Mm. No mustard, idea. ketchup, not really. I had mayonnaise. No idea yeah, you felt this way about mayonnaise. I, it's not a feeling I have. It's just a fact that mayonnaise is probably the most sexual of all uh, condiments. So. Relish might be a close second because, you know, well, I mean, that's near and dear to my heart, you know, because, you know, Kenny Pick, uh, pickles, whatnot, you know, chop up those little pickles and... Relish is charming. Ouch. Hurt feelings. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so other bad gifts to give would be, uh, don't give somebody a Sunday paper for Christmas. No. No, I mean, they probably get it... themselves. Yeah, they'll pick it up themselves. Maybe they have delivery service. Who knows? Shoelaces. Shoelaces. Practical, but not very thoughtful. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Uh, A big box of erasers. Whew, I can't even touch that. Yeah, that's that's solid. That's solid. I mean, even if it was pencil erasers or chalkboard erasers... It it's all the same. It's just kind of uh, just ugly. I wouldn't give that. Yeah. Now, what about um, other food stuffs? I wouldn't make somebody a grilled cheese sandwich for Christmas because by the time they got it, it would be really cold. And even microwaving a grilled cheese sandwich would not rejuvenate the the crispiness or the tastiness of the cheese inside. What about so, a big bowl of gift wrap chili? Hmm. Now that would be easily reheated, so I would be okay with that. I okay. would. It'd be all right. Um, what about a sushi plate? Uh, you got to get it there quick. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Unless you're talking like sushimi. You'd be okay with that if you give it a day. But, uh, yeah, you don't want it like any, uh, you know, raw uh, tuna or, um, you know, fish eggs or squid tentacles. Uh, carton of eggs for Christmas? Uh, carton of eggs, that's not bad. That's It's practical, but then again, not very thoughtful. Not very thoughtful at all. What about a tire gauge for Christmas? Tire gauge? Well, oh, that was a funny joke during the election, too, because that, apparently that's a... Barack Obama's energy plan is just use a tire gauge. <laughs> yeah, because that's fucking stupid, and that won't do a goddamn thing for your gas mileage. Oh, no, apparently it will, but uh, Republicans like to make fun of the idea. But, oh, yeah, again, conservatives not being really conservative. But anyway, what are some other gifts that we could get for uh, conservative people in our lives? Um, whistles and um, for their children. Bells. Bells for yes, their little collars to put on their children. Anything that makes noise for their children. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, harmonicas would be nice. Give those to the uh, to the little children. Not not really little children either, though, because children anymore they're they're like fucking six feet tall when they're five years old. What's up with that? Vitamins. Vitamins and hormones. They put lots of um, hormones in meat and stuff. Makes everyone twelve feet tall by the oh. time they're six. God damn it! That's a that's a brilliant way. That's a brilliant way to run this uh, country of ours. God bless America. 
God bless McDonald's. Oh, that's a fine gift certificate there. That's a fine gift for Christmas. Give your loved ones McDonald's gift certificates or gift cards. Apparently, they don't make gift certificates anymore, so it has to be on a little plastic card that you throw away and put in a landfill when you're done with it. So, yeah, do that. That makes sense. But anyway, bad gift ideas, though. Um, um, I don't know. A moving blanket would be bad for somebody who's not moving. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't give them, like, a U-Haul gift certificate or gift card, as it were. Uh, duct tape. Duct tape. Well, you know that's always a that's a that's a great gift actually. Yeah, we're gonna strike that from the bad gift record right now because anybody and everybody can use duct tape. Stolen street signs do not make good gifts, especially if the person you give it to is opposed to stealing. Yeah. 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 That's a. That's a. That's a head full right there bag of potatoes bag of sack of potatoes sack bag little net bag that's how they package potatoes now they're not in uh little burlap bags anymore they're in little plastic uh netting kind of things it's like they actually caught the potatoes in a trap in the little net and they dragged them in and I'm selling them right to you right now nice yeah. nice yeah, wild potatoes. Wild potatoes. Potatoes on the run. Nice. But yeah, you know, potatoes actually, I wouldn't mind if somebody gave me a bag of potatoes for Christmas. I would be pissed off if somebody gave me a big pouch full of okra or green peppers, though. Because I yeah, hate those two. I would stink. I hate, Susan and I both agree that uh, green peppers and okra, not things you should eat. Red peppers good, yellow peppers good, orange peppers good. Um, unfortunately, okra only has uh, one color, and it's gross. And we furry. we don't. It's furry too. You know, I think I think maybe the holy trifecta of nasty foods for me would be okra, green peppers, mm-hmm. and kiwis. Because I'm kind of whoa, vaguely whoa, whoa, allergic whoa, whoa. to kiwis. Back up on the kiwi. I'm okay with kiwis. Sometimes they make my tongue feel a little funny after exactly. I eat them. You're yeah, right. a little stingy, a little a stingy, stingy on the tongue. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's it's kind of like a strawberry meets a banana. All right, that was just a whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> so uh, that's it. That's where the second portion of the second official episode of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick cuts off with me loosely defending Kiwi. Although I still really, you know, at this point in my life, we haven't, I haven't had a kiwi in over six years, I think. So I think I uh, had myself convinced that I don't like them anymore. I think Susan has turned me off to kiwi forever. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope you guys had fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, there, there are a couple songs in there I did not get to. Uh, I, there, there's one in there that I, I didn't mention who the artist was, and I need to track it down for everybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it was kind of fun. Uh, and uh, uh, there was the Whitney Wolinen song, which I also forgot to mention the name of, and I believe it's called Christmas, the warmest time of the year. Uh, I'll try and track down the other one and see what I can uh, come up with, but uh, no such luck. I know I found it on the Internet Archive, 
and uh, we'll see. So anyway, that was me when I was younger and didn't want to, and didn't know what I wanted to do with Turn Up the Night. And uh, yeah, that was the first two official episodes, and it, and they aren't in circulation really so much uh, for probably pretty good reason. It was pretty sloppy. <laughs> it was pretty sloppy stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope everybody enjoyed, uh, you know, getting in the Wayback Machine and checking it out. And, uh, you know, there we go. Um, the very first two episodes of Turn Up the Night, My Ghosts of Christmas Past. So, all right, kids. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah Christmasa Dawn to everybody. We'll keep it generic. Uh, but yeah, I hope you had fun with this. Uh, I had fun uh, going back, a little embarrassed listening to it, but that was it. So, turn up the night from 2008, the first two official episodes. That's it. See everybody. The Night with Kenny Pick presents an artificial intelligence retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. All voices are performed by Podcast.com and TTSReader.com Robots. Now let's do this crazy thing. The scene opens in the mid-19th century on the filthy rat-infested streets of London. 
We see lots of disgusting little businesses that sell things nobody would ever buy today. Just a bunch of old junk and gross food that humans use to eat. Like goose heads, monkey spines, chicken beaks, assorted flippers, dried spiders, granola with roaches and eyeballs, goat bladders and dog cheese. Seriously grotesque stuff. Okay, where was I? Oh yes, there was one shop that was owned by a payday loan fellow named Ebenezer Scrooge and his dead partner Bob Marley of reggae music and stoner poster fame. As we look into the business we see Scrooge yelling at his grubby little employee Bob Crackhead. Bob Crackhead you lazy jerk. You are the worst employee in the world. I should fire you right now because you are such a lazy jerk. Humbug. Oh Mr. Scrooge I'm sorry I'm such a piece of junk. Can I have another lump of coal to put in this old-timey heater? Are you kidding me? Another lump of coal? Humbug. I suppose you are going to ask to have Christmas Day off from work to spend with your family. Humbug. Actually good Mr. Scrooge I am a total jerk and I did want to take the day off for Christmas to spend with my family and my son Tiny Tim who broke his arm or something. Oh sweet fancy Moses. I suppose you can take off Christmas but you will force me to say humbug several times until you can no longer stand the sound of that compound word. Humbug. 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 Gah. Please no more Mr. Scrooge. Please have mercy on my soul. Whatever. Just finish your payday loan work and get the hell out of my sight. Christmas. Humbug. Later that evening, Scrooge puts on an unflattering dress and a pointy hat and goes into his bleak and lonely bedroom to get some angry sleep. I have so much money and that stupid Bob Crackhead wants to rob me blind. Christmas. Humbug. Yawn. I am sleepy now. I must get some sleep so I can be refreshed to enact revenge on my enemies on Christmas. Humbug. Hello this Scrooge Mon. It is I Bob Marley your old payday loans partner. Humbug. You are dead Marley. Why are you here all covered in spooky chains and smoke? Well, you have been a real shithead since I died so I thought I would haunt you and stuff. You will be visited by three spirits tonight to show you that Christmas is awesome and that you're a creepy jerk. Sound good? No that sounds stupid. You must be a nightmare inspired by some bit of gross 19th century food I ate today. Maybe the dog cheese sandwich. Ooh giddy boggity ooh giddy boo giddy. Three spirits. Three spirits. Humbug. No I will sleep. After Scrooge goes to sleep he is awakened by the first spooky ghost that the Bob Marley zombie told him about. She kind of looks like a gothic Disney princess. Scrooge. Scrooge. I am the ghost of Christmas past. I am here to show you some stuff from Christmas past. Why do you bother me Spectre? I was trying to get some angry sleep. Because you're a jerk and I want to show you when you didn't used to be a jerk. Since we don't have VHS or DVD, I need to take you on a magical journey to the past. Humbug. Whatever. Moments later, the ghost of Christmas past whisks Scrooge into the air and uses magic or the quantum realm to travel back in time. We see a young Ebenezer Scrooge and his ex-girlfriend that hates his guts now. Apparently Scrooge used to be a looker and had decent bathing habits. Why are you showing me this spectre? Why torture me? My ex-girlfriend totally hates my guts. Now she's going to see young me and old me and puke everywhere. No. She can't see you it's okay. Wait. She can't see young me or old me? This doesn't make sense. 
I can see her so she should be able to see me. That's just science and shit. She can see Yanli but she can't see old you because of magic and stuff. This magic and stuff excuse is dumb. If I can see her she should be able to see me. Can she see you? No she can't see me. She can only see you as a young man. It's like we are watching television. What is television? I don't think that's been invented yet. The newest technology we have now is the dog milker for making sweet sweet dog cheese. Oh forget about this whole thing. I'll let the next ghost try and scare you. The ghost of Christmas past gave up on that mean old idiot Scrooge and took him back to his nasty bedroom. Then suddenly the ghost of Christmas present showed up looking like a badass Santa Claus. Hey Scrooge dude. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. Holy crap. Another stupid ghost. Humbug. Okay, you know the drill. Let's go fly around and peep on people having fun. The ghost of Christmas present flies Scrooge to a much better part of London without all those rats and dog cheese so they can spy on his nephews Huey, Dewey and Louie. Look at your nephews Huey, Dewey and Louie having a great time on Christmas Eve Scrooge. Yes. My nephews Huey, Dewey and Louie are having a great time for Christmas. Humbug. Okay there is one other place I want to show you. It's Bob Crackhead's house with his family and Tiny Tim who has a broken arm or something. Oh boy. That looks bad. But what can I do to help with that broken arm or whatever? I'm just a jerk-faced old man with three cartoon nephews and a bunch of ghosts following me around. What possible resource could I have at my disposal to help with that broken arm or whatever it is? Tell me spirit. I really can't put my finger on it. Wow. You really are not that bright are you Scrooge? I guess I'll have to let the next ghost really scare the piss out of you. So the ghost of Christmas present gave up on the dipshit and once again took him back to his gross bedroom. Tired, confused and cranky, Scrooge was visited by the third spirit that Bob Marley warned him about. This time it was a straight up grim reaper looking thing with a bony hand and a wicked ass scythe. Who are you spirit? Why do you not speak? You are scary as shit. I think I just soiled my ugly dress. The cloaked ghost of Christmas yet to come then teleported Scrooge to a super spooky cemetery in the future. Spirit. Whose grave is this? Why do you bring me here? The ghost points to the tombstone and the name of Ebenezer Scrooge is revealed. He died without love in his life and really screwed the pooch all around. Nobody should ever screw poochers or eat their cheese. No no no. It can't be. Please. I'll be a better man. I will change spirit. Don't let me die alone and hated. The scene cuts back to Scrooge's terrible bedroom where he is thrashing in his linens and ends up falling on his head on the floor. It was quite a wallet that delivered a satisfying, wet, yet solid thud. Ouch. I hit my head. I must look out the window now to see what day it is. You. Boy, what day is this? It's Christmas Day, governor. Here's a bunch of British pennies. Go buy the biggest piece of dog cheese you can find and take it to the crackhead house. You can keep the extra British pennies, boy. Thank you, kind sir. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, boy. Merry Christmas. I will never say humbug again and I will help Tiny Tim with his broken arm or whatever that is he has wrong with him. Then suddenly the skies darkened over old London town. A series of vortices and wormholes tore open the Christmas skies. 
The earth trembled as an army of multidimensional Christmas spirits descended on the filthy rat-infested borough. Some appeared as large axe-wielding gods, others as shambling masses of gore and horror. Some were non-corporeal in form seemingly made of light, gas and other substances never seen in the natural world. Visages of terror and cyclopean stature cast grim and evil shadows that made the weak-hearted faint and the strong-willed go mad. It seems that the three spirits that visited Scrooge had shattered the space-time continuum and ensured the destruction of all life on Earth. Before meeting their ultimate fate Scrooge and every other human on our fragile planet were forced to view graphic Christmas nightmares of the time stream and the multiverse. Graveyard planets, galaxies of hellfire, realms of endless torture and pain, continents of bones and houses filled with blood-red Christmas trees were only a handful of horrors witnessed that final Christmas day. Our universe was snuffed out in an instant while the unearthly suffering was eternal. Happy Holidays A Christmas Carol was written by Charles Dickens and bastardized by Kenny Pick. All music in this production was legally acquired and royalty-free. The moral of the story is don't trust ghosts. They will ruin everything. And also, don't eat cheese from dogs. <laughs>